Okay, we're ready. The meeting will come to order. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Monday, February 6th, 2023, meeting of the Rules Com Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. I'm Supervisor Matt Dorsey, Chair of this committee. I am joined today by my colleagues, Acting Vice Chair Aaron Peskin and our fellow committee member, Asha Safai. Thanks so much to our committee clerk, Mr. Victor Young. Thanks also to Jason Goldhammer at the uh, SFGov TV team for staffing today's meeting. Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcements? Yes, the Board of Supervisors and this committee are now convening hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The board recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will be taking public comment as follows. First, public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. For those attending in person, those attending in person will be allowed to speak first and then we will take those who are waiting on the telephone line. For those watching either channel 26, 28, 78, or 99 and sfgovtv.org, the public comment call-in number is streaming across the screen. The number is 415-655-0001. Then enter the meeting ID of 2498-811-4462, then press pound and pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussion, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, those joining us in person should line up to speak and those on the telephone should dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you are on the telephone, please remember to turn down your TV and other listening devices you may be using. As already indicated, you'll be take, we will be taking public comment for those attending in person first, then we will go to public comment on the telephone line. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Rules Committee Clerk at bictor.young at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and included as part of the file. You may also send your written comment via U.S. mail to our office at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. That completes my initial comments. Thank you, Mr. Young. Before we get started today, I'd just like to say a few words. I first want to thank President Peskin, the outgoing chair of uh, this committee, for entrusting me to continue his work on the Rules Committee over the next two years. And second, I want to also express my appreciation and thanks to Supervisors Raphael Mandelman and Connie Chan for their work, um, along with President Peskin, on this uh, committee over the past two years. And I finally want to say how much I appreciate the opportunity to serve on this committee with two colleagues and friends, Supervisor Shimon Walton, who isn't here today, but will be serving as the Vice Chair of this committee, and also Supervisor Asha Safai. Uh, with whom I share many priorities, and I look forward to uh, collaborating in the uh, years to come. The Rules Committee always has a lot to do, and today is no exception, so let's get to it. Mr. Clerk, will you please call item one? Uh, yes, I know you probably just stated this, but uh, we wanted to note that Supervisor Peskin is uh, sitting in place of Supervisor Walton for today's meeting. Uh, first on the agenda, item number one. Most, uh, would you like me to read one and two together, or read them separately? We can read them separately, that's fine. Item number one, the motion appointing Supervisor Myrna Melgar, term ending June 30th, 2023, as a member to the Association of Bay Area Government Executive Board. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, this item was continued from last week's meeting due to a last minute change involving which supervisor would take up this role. 
The motion was amended to confirm that Supervisor Mirna Melgar will be filling seat three on the executive board of ABAG, the Association of Bay Area Governments. Uh, seeing neither of my colleagues on the roster for questions or comments, I'd like to open this up for public comment. Uh, yes, I just wanted to confirm that uh, when we did amend it, we did change it to seat two. Yes, uh, one moment. Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person should line up to speak now along the side of, uh, should line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID of 2498-811-4462, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be a cue to begin your comments. We have one person in the room for public comment. Uh, you may begin at your, you may begin. Hello, good morning. My name is Michael Petrellis. Um, I need to gather my thoughts for a quick moment. Um, this item is about Supervisor Myrna Melgar and her appointment to the Association of Bay Area Government Executive Board. And um, I want to speak to her qualifications. Part of what uh, I, I see as her qualification is how she talks during the commendations period on your Tuesday meetings. That qualification of being able to talk and talk and talk during the commendations is a qualification. There's also the qualification that um, during introductions for roll calls, she'll talk and she'll talk and, you know, those of us in the public, we wait and wait and wait and wait for Supervisor Myrna to um, finish talking. And that ability, that qualification of being able to talk and take up so much time every Tuesday before we get to public comment, that is a qualification for why Supervisor Melgar should be appointed to this body. So I um, appreciate that you've allowed me to gather my thoughts. I am a little bit intimidated by the four sheriffs you've called out, but you know, that's how it goes here at City Hall. So um, yes. Please approve um, Supervisor Melgar for this body. Thank you so much. There being no other parties in the room for public comment, we can go ahead and move to public comment on the telephone line. Can we have our first caller, please? Good morning, Supervisor Dorsey and the others, Safai and Peskin, I believe, this morning. I am calling from uh, San Francisco Tenants Union. I'm a member, and I'm in support of 
Myrna Melgar being an executive uh, director on the ABAG uh, executive committee. Uh, I think she's well suited for the job, and I've attended a number of these ABAG meetings, and she'll be replacing uh, Gordon Marr. So, um, yes, please approve her. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Well, good morning, Rules Committee. It's Joe Kunzler. I'll be calling in several times today. I want to rise and support a Supervisor Melgar for being on the Association of Bay Area Government. She is a former urban planner, a current cyclist, a strong leader, and someone who treats people with respect. And I did not find the first public commenter as respectful towards the greatness that is Supervisor Melgar. Um, I also support law enforcement. So um, I will be back. And uh, I hope you will pass this nomination, and I'll be, and I think you know when I'll be back. <laughs> Let's have some fun today. Thanks. Thank you. We're just checking to see if there's any other callers, and that was our last uh, public call caller on the, on the telephone line. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on this item is now closed. And I'd like to make a motion to send item one to the full board with positive recommendations. Mr. Clerk, a roll call on that motion. Yes, on that motion. Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Young, on a unanimous vote. Then item one will go to the full board with a positive recommendation. Mr. Clerk, please call the next item. Yes, next on the agenda is item number two. Motion reappointing Supervisor Catherine Stephanie, term ending January 31st, 2025, to the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District Board of Directors. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, seeing neither of my colleagues on the roster for questions or comments, I'd like to open up item two to public comment. Yes. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person can line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001 Enter the meeting ID of 2498-811-4462, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the way until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your queue to begin your comment. Uh, we have a public commenter uh, at the podium. You may begin your public comment. Yes, hello. Good morning again, Michael Petrellis. Uh, give me a moment to collect my thoughts about um, the supervisor's qualifications for this body. You know, one of the qualifications is the ability of a supervisor to talk and talk and talk and continue talking during your Tuesday meetings. Um, this supervisor, she can talk and talk and talk about commendations. The commendations uh, uh, time, it goes on and on and on. And then the supervisor will talk during roll call introductions. And she'll talk on and on and on. 
while we, the public, patiently wait and wait and wait until we're allowed 120 seconds to speak. So the qualification that I see every Tuesday by this supervisor to talk and talk and talk will be a qualification on this new body. So I ask that you recognize how she'll talk and talk and talk during commendations and roll call introductions while we, the public, patiently wait for 120 seconds to address you. Please approve this nomination. Thank you. Okay, we're just gonna check if there's anybody on the phone line. Yes, can we have our first uh, public commenter from the public comment line? Oh, good morning, supervisors on the rules committee. It's Joe Kunstler. And uh, yes, the supervisor Stephanie superfans love supervisor Stephanie's ability to give great speeches to rock out to and be inspired by. Supervisor Stephanie's speeches are so inspirational they end up on YouTube. They're so they're, they're called operas because they just they move you to to take action against gun violence. Not supposed to speak in Golden Gate Bridge Highway Transportation District. And Supervisor Stephanie has not just orated and opera songs. But she's also tweeted out about and spoken about the need for public safety, and uh, and not just with cops, badges, and guns, but also by safer streets. And Supervisor Stephanie's genius goes well beyond preventing gun violence, but also to tragic matters. And hopefully, her genius will be placed on the Golden Bridge Highway and Transportation District. And also, I must say that um, Mr. Matrellis is tactic, I, I, I don't think is the wisest one. Uh, you know, Supervisor Stephanie has a special way with words that's very enjoyable, and it's an honor to call in public comment after to cheer on Supervisor Stephanie. In fact, it's one of the reasons why I call in, is just to give her a cheering section so she knows somebody's supporting what she's actually saying and for being a strong leader. And I think that's why we should have a vote comment. And with that, I, wanted, I want to uh, pull down my hand if I can and raise it later in the meeting, please. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Can you hear me now? Uh, yes, please proceed. Great. David Pilpel, good morning. Um, so I attend um, most meetings of the Bridge District. Supervisor Stephanie has been a good member of the Bridge Board. I support her reappointment. I think it is good to reappoint uh, members who are familiar uh, with bodies. I think it will be great to have all of the San Francisco seats on the bridge board filled. Uh, I think it is best to have the members be fully engaged and represent the city on the bridge board. Um, and just finally, um, I would encourage uh, Supervisor Peskin to look carefully at um, both items two and three on line 12. Um, I, would suggest that uh, they can be uh, correlated. Um, line uh, Item three has either an extra word or a couple of words missing, and item two uh, could insert um, to the 
district secretary of the um, prior to the bridge district reference on line 12, but that's optional. Either way, I support the reappointment of Supervisor Stephanie. Thanks for listening. Okay, just checking. That was our last public commenter on the telephone line. Thank you, Mr. Young. Public comment on item two is now closed. I'd like to make a motion to send item two to the full board with positive recommendations. Uh, Mr. Clark, can we have a roll call on that motion? Yes, uh, one moment. Yes, on that motion. Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Uh, Chair Dorsey. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a unanimous vote, then, item two will go to the full board with positive recommendation. Uh, Mr. Clerk, would you please call the next item? Yes, item number three is a motion reappointing Supervisor Matt Dorsey, term ending January 31st, 2025, to the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District. Mr. Clerk, I will make a motion to recuse Supervisor Dorsey from this vote. Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Dorsey excused. Supervisor Dorsey is recused, uh, and I note that because there is a small stipend that comes with this position, uh, that is the reason for the recusal. Uh, and with that, is there any public comment on item number three? Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person should line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID of 2498-811-4462, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star 3 to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the way until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your cue to begin your comment. Uh, you may begin your public comment. Thank you. Good morning again. My name is Michael Petrellis, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the supervisor's name. Uh, as you know, at your Tuesday meetings, you restrict our First Amendment rights, and you do not allow members of the public to say a supervisor's name. Uh, this restriction on our First Amendment rights, I hope one day will be addressed. This person, who uh, this supervisor, who you want to appoint to this body, is a cop. And I think a cop would be very good on this body. I would like to note that some of the qualifications of this cop are that he can talk and talk and talk and talk during commendations on Tuesdays. Another qualification is his ability to keep on talking during roll call introductions, and he'll talk and talk and talk during roll call introductions. That ability every Tuesday to talk during those two items, as we, the taxpayers, we wait and we wait.
and we wait, and we wait for our 120 seconds that you allow for each member of the public to speak. If that isn't a qualification to speak on and on during Tuesday meetings and yawn during public comment, I don't know what is. Please approve this call for that panel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we can go ahead and move on to our public comment phone line. Can we have our first caller, please? Okay, that line was unattended. We'll move on to our next line. Uh, great, David Pilpel again. Um, Supervisor Dorsey has uh, recently attended his first meeting of the Bridge District Board. I'm confident that he will continue to represent us well. Um, you heard my comments a few moments ago about uh, item two. Uh, just wanted to, again, uh, point out line 12. If you're using the language from uh, item two, then I think the correct language for line 12 should be transmit certified copies here of two the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District so that the two uh, motions conform. I support the reappointment of Supervisor Dorsey to the Bridge District Board. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Okay, uh, that was our last caller. The line was unattended. We can close public comment. Okay, public comment for item number three is closed. And I want to thank Supervisor Dorsey for his willingness to continue to serve on the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District. Uh, and also acknowledge that for the first time, we have a full San Francisco compliment on that uh, board that consists of representatives all the way to Del Norte County on the Oregon border. And I will also say for the record that if our colleague Supervisor Dorsey was a post-certified member of the police force, he would be paid more than he is as a supervisor. And with that, I will make a motion to send item number three to the full board with a positive recommendation. Mr. Clerk, on that motion, a roll call, please. Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey, excuse. The motion passes without objection. Next item, please. Yes, next on the agenda is the ordinance amending the Administrative Code and Business and Tax Regulation Code as required by Proposition C adopted on November 8, 2022 election to provide that the Homelessness Oversight Commission appoints all members of the local Homeless Coordinating Board that the coordinating board's sole duties are to serve as the governing body required to participate in federal continuum of care program and advise the commission on issues related to the continuum of care and that shelter monitoring commission advise the commission in lieu of the coordinating board and that the our city our home oversight committee advise and make recommendations to the commission and the health commission and that the oversight commission inform the department of homelessness and supportive housing strategic 
planning process. I'd just like to note there is a request that this matter be referred out as a committee report. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, Supervisor Asher Safai will may be presenting on this. Supervisor, the floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, I think we have a, sli uh, a little uh, PowerPoint. Did you get uh, that? Yes, one moment. Uh, our you. staff uh, is, will bring that up shortly. Okay, it should be displaying, or it should be shortly. There it goes. Thank you. So it's just a, a simple uh, PowerPoint, if you can go to the next slide. So uh, this past November, 68% of the vote, uh, voters of San Francisco supported uh, Proposition C. The uh, focus of that proposition was to establish greater accountability and oversight for homeless service delivery in San Francisco. As you recall, when this department was originally created, the budget was just a little over $100 million. It's grown to just slight, uh, just just south of seven hundred million dollars, um, and so the idea of this, the purpose of this, and the idea behind creating Prop C was to create more accountability, more oversight, and more control and understanding of how the dollars and the department and direction uh, were going to take. So the new commission is set uh, to, to set homeless policy in a public forum. Uh, the controller will conduct mandatory audits of homeless services. It's one of the big things that we've heard over the course of the last couple years. People were very frustrated uh, by the amount of money spent and not necessarily understanding full control about how it's being implemented and how those dollars are being used and are they being used wisely. Uh, so there would be a mandatory audit of the homeless service delivery here in the city, both city-delivered and nonprofit. And, and as we saw when the controller did conduct a more recent audit of, of one of the homeless service delivery uh, nonprofits in the city, there was some very concerning information that was surfaced. And now that agency is being, and nonprofit is being investigated, and people are questioning exactly how uh, shelter is being handed out and is being administered and the overall health of that agency. So that's just one example. The other thing was to, uh, the other purpose of the proposition was to streamline the advisory bodies. There's a number of them that are currently in existence. Our City, Our Home, uh, Shelter Monitoring Committee, um, and others. Uh, so this is to improve the effic efficiency and to reduce conflict. Um, <clears throat> So uh, in, in Prop C, uh, there are some requirements that we created as part of this ordinance. And then the second half, we are going to duplicate the file because some of the amendments were actually not ready today. And we want to ensure that committee members have the opportunity to review them. But Prop C required an ordinance, and that's what we're doing today, that focuses the local homeless coordinating board solely on the continuum of care and makes clear that the commission appoints its members. Um, it ensures that the Shelter Monitoring Committee will advise the Commission on shelter conditions. And it also establishes our city, our home, uh, as a body that makes recommendations to the Commission on the budget and strategic plan planning processes. In the past couple years, they have gone through a budgeting recommendation process, hasn't always aligned with uh, the department's uh, budgeting process, but this allows for that opportunity 
for them, uh, for both processes to line up. So that's essentially it, colleagues. Um, I don't know. I know we have Emily Cohen here today. I know, Emily, if, did you want to come up and say anything? Or do you have any comments or concerns? Okay. Um, but but I've, before we uh, a vote on this, I, I, I'd like to duplicate the file um, so that we can come back with some of the additional amendments um, and conversation that we have. We've been working with the city attorney. They were not prepared today um, after internal review. So we will have them ready. Uh, so I'd like to continue the duplicated file for one week. Um, do I need a separate motion for that? I do not need a, a motion on a request to duplicate. Okay. Now, I know the duplicate, I don't need a motion, but to continue the duplicated file oh, for one... Do I yes, need... we do need a, a motion on the request to continue for one week. Okay. To February 13th, I believe. Okay. I know we can do that after public comment, correct? Or can we do that before public comment? Oh, we can do that after public comment. Okay, great. All right. That's it, colleagues. And if there's any questions, I'm happy to take them in advance. If not, we can go to public comment. Okay. Seeing no colleagues on the roster for further discussion, let's open this up to public comment. Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item are joining us in person. Shall I speak at this time? For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001. Enter the meeting ID of 2498-811-4462. Then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star 3 to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the way until the system indicates you have been unmuted. And that will be your queue to begin your comment. Uh, we do have a person in the room for public comment. You may begin your public comment. Hello, and good morning again. Um, I'm still Michael Petrellis, and I am still intimidated by the cop sitting behind me. But I will still address this body uh, as best I can, despite the intimidation of law enforcement behind me. I am very much in favor of this homeless body. We have needed it for a long time. I believe that there will be many good things to come out of this homeless oversight body. I think it should have happened sooner. I don't think it should have taken a um, ballot prop to get us this body. I think if there were less time devoted at your Tuesday meetings to commendations and roll call introductions where you have no time limits to talk on and on and on. If you would curb yourselves every Tuesday with the commendations and the roll call introductions that take up a good amount of your time every Tuesday and instead devoted the time to solving some homeless issues and to setting up this homeless panel, if you were to do that, I think your 12% approval rating would rise. I think you need to be reminded that the Chronicle found this body of supervisors has only a 12% approval rating. And it is because of things like your inability to set up an oversight committee about homelessness is a reason why. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, can we move on to our first telephone caller? Okay, that was an unattended line. We'll move on to our next caller. Hey, good morning, supervisors and general public. My name is Dale Seymour. I've been involved in homeless issues for many years. It's a passion with me. Uh, a lot of you all know who I am. Uh, I've served respectively on the local homeless courting board for six, seven, eight years. One thing I can brag about is the fact that I have never made an oversight recommendation because we have, we have been to oversight. I've never made a recommendation based on political interference or, or social interference. I've always felt like I represented the community, people who are on the streets, people that are in the tents. I represent Tyrone and Sheila who are on Ellis Street right now as we talk. And I've been concerned that the oversight committee, the new oversight committee might be politically connected with, with loyalties and, and favors have to be given back. And I just want you all to assure the public and the city this is not going to be a commission that's tied to any political agenda. And, um, and, and as some of you all know, I've been on both sides of this issue. Now I'm supporting this, this issue, but it's got to be where the people on this board represent the community, represent the people on the street, represent the tireless nonprofits that, that, that have worked hard to keep the management of homelessness where it is. Yes, we've had some problems in our nonprofit uh, organizations not being up to speed on a lot of issues, their legal issues and so, but 99% of the nonprofits work hard as hell, work their lives together to get people out of our streets. And I don't want this to be an organization that's going to be a hit squad for the people that are working hard every day who are boots, I'm talking about boots on the streets. So just please keep that in mind. I know you're coming back next week to, to, to tailor the your time has elapsed. Thank you. Can we check to see if there are any additional callers? Okay. Oh, we're still checking. Okay, the, that last caller, our, we had one unattended caller who was not responding, and that was our last caller. I believe we can close public comment at this time. Thank you, Mr. Young. Public comment on item four is now closed. Supervisor Safayi. Yes, I'll just make a few more comments just to clarify for the record. Uh, the, we had to go to the uh, ballot to create a charter commission that's required uh, we cannot do that legislatively. So that was the reason why we went to the ballot for this initiative. Also, we put into the uh, ballot measure that the controller for the first time would be auditing and have auditing power on a, on a, on a regular and mandatory basis. Um, and, and then some of the other things that we put in were required by follow-up ordinance. So I think we split it into two parts. I think it's good balance. Um, 
I will say that one of the purposes is there's a lot of disparate bodies, and the idea was to consolidate and streamline those bodies into working directly with the commission. The, the commission uh, recommendations uh, will be coming through this uh, body as well. Uh, we have had the application uh, process open. Uh, they have been submitted, and then we will be making uh, decisions to appoint on behalf of the Board of Supervisors. The mayor uh, and I have communicated, and she has conveyed to us that she intends to have her recommendations and put her names forward very uh, soon, uh, most likely within the next week or so. Um, so we are on target to have the body and the recommendations uh, happening uh, around March 1st. That's the intent of them to be seated and appointed by uh, with the first meetings to begin uh, May 1st. So anyway, just that, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, but I'd like to make a motion to uh, continue the duplicated file for one week to the next meeting, if that's okay with the chair. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Mr. Clerk, roll call on that motion, please. Yes, uh, did you wanna discuss what we're gonna do with the original one yet, or do you wanna? Oh, we can do that after we okay, continue the duplicated file. Uh, on the motion to continue the duplicated matter, to February 13th, 2023. Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. That motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Thank you. And then I'd like to send the original item as a committee report with positive recommendation to the full board. Yes, on that motion to send the original version as recommended as a committee report. On that motion, Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. That motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Can you please call item number five? Yes, item number five is... A motion discontinuing remote participation by members of the Board of Supervisors at meetings of the Board and its committees for reasons related to COVID-19 and discontinuing remote public comment by members of the public at meetings of the Board and its committees except as legally required to enable people with disabilities to participate in such meetings. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, as we prepare for the long-awaited end of the uh, COVID-19 public health emergency orders, we all have a lot of decisions to make about what returning to normal and the new normal will actually entail. Uh, one of those decisions involves the future of remote participation and remote public comment and what that will look like. Uh, my fellow committee members, as well as Supervisor Raphael Mandelman, who was joining us, have all served in their roles longer than I have and were serving uh, on this board and this in, in various committees before the onset of the COVID emergency. So I'm looking forward to hearing their perspectives as well as the perspectives of the public we serve. Uh, many of whom have already expressed uh, their opinions on this topic. And with that, I'd like to welcome Supervisor Mandelman to the Rules Committee to present on his motion. Supervisor Mandelman, the floor is yours. Thank you, Chair Dorsey, and thank you, colleagues, for uh, hearing this motion. Um, this motion has been rattling around um, in City Hall for quite some time. Um, uh, the board came back uh, in the spring of last year um, to in-person meetings. Um, the um, the uh, health officer listed most indoor masking requirements for public settings, and in April of 2022, the city administrator lifted the remaining indoor mask requirements for city, city facilities. Um, and almost from that point, 
uh, I think a number of us have questioned whether this body and the public are well served by unlimited remote uh, public comment. Um, I pledged to introduce a, um, uh, a repeal of unlimited remote public comment at some point, I think over the, the spring or summer. Um, colleagues kept uh, getting sick um, and uh, actually needing to avail themselves of the um, provisions of, uh, uh, of the state emergency order that uh, suspend the requirements for us to be meeting in person. And so for as long as that was going on, um, you know, we were uh, thinking we should hold back. We finally introduced, introduced uh, this motion in September um, and uh, again have somewhat delayed this as ongoingly folks have needed to take advantage as members of this body um, have needed to take advantage of provisions allowing for remote participation by, by board members. Um, at any rate, now we kind of have to do something. Um, the governor's COVID-19 emergency declaration is going to end on February 28th. The mayor recently circulated a memo that will also rescind our local emergency orders on that same day, and that means that on March 1st, the Board of Supervisors, along with all other commissions, boards, and other po policy bodies, will once again, by charter, um, be required to meet in person. So I am proposing, and what's reflected in this motion, which is subject to discussion by this body and by the full board, by this committee and the full board, is that we um, go back to the future, but go back to a better future. Um, that is, the motion would provide for uh, continued remote public comment, but only as necessary to enable the participation of folks with disabilities that make it impractical for them to participate in person. And that is a significant but, because although there were... Um, the ADA was the law in, uh, prior to 2020, we have discovered during the pandemic that we can make it vastly easier for folks uh, seeking an accommodation to be able to participate. I think um, uh, we're all committed to making sure that we continue to do that. Um, but I would also argue that allowing for unlimited remote public comment as we have had, including by callers who may have no relationship to San Francisco, uh, comes at a cost, um, uh, both in terms of resources, um, but also in terms of our ability to conduct our business effectively. There are lots and lots of examples of this from the last couple of years. Um, a couple that come to mind are the um, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of people yelling at each other through the ether about car-free JFK. I do not imagine that any of those one-minute uh, uh, expressions on either direction over any of the dozens of hours that were spent um, necessarily moved a single member of this board sitting as as the Board of Supervisors or as the Transportation Authority. But it did ensure that on the day that we actually had to make the decision, the work, the other work of the Board of Supervisors did not begin until nine o'clock at night. Um, and I don't think that leads to good deliberation, good decision making. Um, I think it's bad for the public, not to mention the costs, not just in terms of you know, our time and our staff's time, but of uh, city resources that get spent on those elongated meetings. Another example that comes to my mind, not the Board of Supervisors, is a commission, and in particular the redistricting commission. Now, there are lots of people with lots of criticisms of how the redistricting commission went down, but what I took from it, and I was not 
um, uh, I wasn't watching them myself. But the notion that these poor volunteers were spending hours and hours and hours and hours listening to other people talking about what should happen with redistricting and only beginning to con consider their own actions in the wee hours of the morning when their own thought thinking probably was not at its best um, and when certainly the public, the broader public, not the public that calls in, but the public that might be interested in, you know, seeing what's happening before they go to sleep at night or whatever, you know, wouldn't have been able to see or um, observe what was going on. So I think, you know, there's an example from the board, an example from commission land um, about how this plays out. And the notion also of public comment, I think, uh, and this, and I had questions about this in pre-pandemic in-person public comment, is who is the public that is getting reflected um, in these presentations to the board? It is not necessarily the views of the broad public that, um, that, may, that most of the time doesn't participate. It is typically folks who are organized around a particular issue, particularly focused around that issue, and may not represent anything close to the majority sentiment around that issue. Um, but they care enough that they're gonna either show up in person or call in. And I don't know that expanding that participation of that group without bringing in broader perspectives um, leads us any closer to capturing the will of the public. So um, I've been pretty clear about what my feelings around this are. I think um, you know we have the obligations that we have under the Brown Act, under our Sunshine Ordinance, and under um, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, I don't think we should be making, uh, seeking out additional opportunities for public comment beyond that. Um, Whatever the board decides, uh, there are, of course, a lot of outstanding implementation questions regarding, to reasonable, accommodation, regarding reasonable accommodation that are going to have to get worked out at the administrative level over the course of this month and um, that we may need to continue to work on after March 1st. Um, the Mayor's Office of, on Disability is actively working with the clerk of the board, the city administrator, and the Department of Te Technology to finalize guidance and deliver options for how we should uh, facilitate uh, reasonable accommodations um, for individuals who cannot provide in-person person comment, but in my mind that's a separate question from the policy question um, the committee has before it today. At any rate, you have a motion, you can do with it what you will or forward it without recommendation or, um, or whatever it is the will of this committee. I have made clear what I think my um, recommendation for the body for this committee would be. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Mandelman. And I see colleagues on the roster, uh, President Peskin. Thank you, Chair Dorsey, and congratulations on your first time out as chair. Um, I've been thinking a lot about <clears throat> this uh, motion and also about where we've been for the last three years, and I want to start uh, by um, publicly thanking it and acknowledging the clerk of the Board of Supervisors and uh, her staff, um, as well as countless uh, individuals who are commission secretaries um, and all of the folks at SFGovTV. Um, it has been a monumental undertaking uh, to overnight uh, switch from the old system of three years ago in the face of a pandemic uh, to allow the workings of government at the Board of Supervisors, at its committees, at, some, at, at over 100 Brown Act bodies, commissions, uh, advisory committees, 
you name it. <clears throat> and I uh, just want to just take this moment to say it has been remarkably impressive. Um, I guess it turns out the technology existed, um, although we didn't know how to use it and we didn't know how to perfect it, uh, but um, that cat is out of the bag. Um, and there's, there's no going back on that. That technology exists. We have proven that we can use it. Um, and I also hear the comments of, and the impetus um, around what Supervisor Mandelman is suggesting. And I want our government to work efficiently. Uh, we're also, all of the work that we do is public work and needs to be informed by the public. Um, so I understand that. Uh, and we want to encourage public participation. And I understand that. Um, and I'm trying to look for, and maybe this is an impossibility, a balance of making sure that we hear that comment, uh, whether it is through a medium that barely existed when I started, which was uh, email, uh, a medium that totally didn't exist when I started, which was social media, um, and of course, uh, public comment at meetings. I want to balance that with the efficiency of getting stuff done. And I hear what Supervisor Mandelman says when you have six hours of public comment and they all say the exact same thing and there's a lot, I get it, there's a lot of passion uh, for or against closing JFK or the Great Highway. Uh, did it ultimately influence thinking? I mean, I've been at public comment where somebody has suggested something or shown a point of view that I just never uh, thought about before. I mean, I've actually gone, doesn't happen often, but I've actually gone to meetings thinking I had my mind made up and a member of the public has swayed me to look at the issue differently. And that is invaluable. Um, but I'm trying to look for some balance and noting that this technological reality is now commonplace. Uh, it is, uh, we we have Zoom meetings in our bedrooms. We have Teams meetings. Um, and what Supervisor Mandelman has said is also not lost on me. Uh, three weeks ago, I came down with a case of COVID and could not participate in person at the board meeting that I was just elected to chair. So, and uh, last week that happened to another one of our colleagues. COVID is, as we all know, still here and very prevalent. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking about, and maybe this does or doesn't reach that point of balance that I am seeking, uh, and this is specifically as to some words that are in the motion that Supervisor Mandelman has proposed, and I will direct you to page three to the last paragraph, colleagues, um, which goes back to the old way, and the old way uh, for public accommodations was that a request had to be submitted 72 hours in advance. And I think given the technology and given our experience over the last three years, that does not seem reasonable to me. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I think as a matter of law, uh, people could request an accommodation from that accommodation. Um, so I would just as a as a starting point of a complex public policy discussion, 
suggest that that be changed um, and that that be changed to something like, I'm going to throw this out for my colleagues to think about today and maybe after today, uh, which is to strike that 72 hours in advance and replace it with words to the effect of prior to the start of the meeting, which I understand from staff is something that they could work with, and, I, and, and we know that because we do it in real time every day. Um, so that, that's a starting point. I also want to say that it is very important, um, given that you have, in the case of the legislative branch, we get to contemplate and set forth our own rules, and anything that we do here today, uh, I know, would, be, um, would not be actualized absent a change to our board rules, which requires a two-thirds vote, and we would have to uh, have that be trailing legislation, which Supervisor Mandelman is well aware of. Um, but I also think that it is important that all of the Brown Act bodies, not just in the legislative branch of government, be on the same page. So I don't think we should have two different systems, one under executive branch commissions and a different one for the Board of Supervisors. And to that end, uh, I have endeavored to reach out to the executive branch. Uh, and it would appear, I do not want to put words in the mayor's mouth, uh, that there is a shared desire for whatever we do to be uniform and apply to all of the commissions as well as the Board of Supervisors. So I wanted to set that uh, forward. Um, there are some other little wording changes that I could quibble with, and I, do, I did read the amendments that Supervisor Mandelman's staff passed around this morning, which address many of them, but not all of them, but they are relatively small and wordsmithy in nature. But uh, with that, I will stop talking and hand it over to my colleagues. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Just Vice Chair Peskin, and I see uh, Supervisor Mandelman on the roster. Uh, Supervisor Safi can ask a question. I just wanted to let folks know that I did bring uh, hard copies of the amendments that were circulated earlier, and so I will make sure that everybody has them. Thanks. I just had a quick question through the chair, Supervisor Peskin, the last comment you made about um, not putting words in the executive's mouth, but that there'd be a shared desire to have a uniform policy. Is that something that the executive branch, uh, how do they effectuate that? We don't legislate that. Can you just expand on that a bit? I would defer to Deputy City Attorney Pearson yeah. as to okay. what the powers, I assume, under... Chapter uh, three of the charter that is within the mayor's purview to set forth for all executive branch Brown Act bodies. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, since you were talking about that's why I asked you, but uh, of course, Madam City Attorney. Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson. I haven't looked at that question to see whether that's within the mayor's powers. I agree with Supervisor Peskin, that seems likely. I know most bodies have their own sets of rules that lay out the rules for things like public comment, and so each body might also need to revise its own bylaws or other rules governing public comment. Okay. Thank you. 
Okay. I'll just end with saying I, I agree with that last comment. I think there should be a, a shared uh, and uniform policy throughout the city, both the executive and the legislative branch, 100%. And I appreciate the work that Supervisor Mandelman has done on this. I know it has not been easy. Um, I agree. Um, the example that I would use was being here felt like almost 24 hours, but when we were here and asked to stay here through Christmas Eve um, last year, and it wasn't until probably, I think it was just shy of two in the morning that we finished our meeting um, that had to do with the tenderloin emergency and all valuable input, all valuable um, public comment, um, but a lot of that had to do with the emergency under which we were dealing with a public health crisis. And that public health crisis has evolved um, back to a much more manageable state. And, and as Supervisor Peskin has said, definitely the technology has allowed for us to be much more accommodating for, with people with disabilities. And so I like the conversation around moving the 72-hour notice. I think that's very helpful. And I didn't know if Supervisor Mandelman wanted to go over any of his amendments. Did you need to talk about them or they're just, they're just straightforward? Supervisor Mandelman. changes uh, that had occurred during the passage of time since we um, introduced the motion. So it just sort of uh, recounts um, the uh, the governor's declaration or the, the governor's announcement that the declaration of emergency would be uh, ending on February 28th in, in a recital and then Mayor Breed's uh, uh, announcement that she would be terminating her emergency orders in another recital and um, and then lines up the termination with uh, the date in which those emergency orders will no longer be of effect. So that's March 1st. But that's it and um, yeah, thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Mandelman. Um, I would just like to add to um, express my appreciation to Supervisor Mandelman for his work on this, and also to my colleagues, Supervisors uh, Peskin and Safai, for their thoughtful comments. Um, I will say that if it were only us as supervisors, I think the analysis would be different, and I would be more inclined to, to be, you know, let, let's not have limitations on that. I think as supervisors, you know, we know or should know what we sign up for in this job and public comment is something that doesn't take place just in this building and just within the scope of this meeting. Public comment is what I expect when I go to the coffee shop and meet with uh, neighbors and get emails and text messages and people pull me aside and ask for meetings and that is part of what this role is. But the reality is that um, this isn't just us, 11 members of the Board of Supervisors, its staff, and um, in large measure it's also people who are volunteers for commissions and task forces and bodies who um, you know, don't get um, the salaries that we get to do their public service. Um, it takes a toll on them. Um, the other thing that I would say is that you know, I, I do have to acknowledge because I've heard from some of my residents and I represent a district that has a lot of uh, businesses in the downtown area that, um, you know, it's, they feel that when we tell businesses, especially the big ones, to come back um, to the office, it's time to come back to work, that um, the city should put more skin in the game in that as well. This is something that small businesses are really 
um, counting on. Um, and I guess the other, the just, you know, closing just with, as a supervisor, I just do want to communicate that um, to what I said about public comment being something that is part of our job at all the times. You know, that goes for the people in my district. If there's ever a reason that you want to meet with me or express your public comment or have invite me to a group in District 6, uh, my email is matt, M-A-T-T dot dorsey at sfgov.org. Um, that is part of my job. So I appreciate everybody's uh, work on this. Uh, do we have a motion? Oh, I'm sorry, my apologies. Uh, rookie mistake. Um, so with that, I'd uh, like to open it up to public comment. <clears throat> yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person should line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID of 2498-811-4462, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the way until the system indicates you've been unmuted, and that will be your queue to begin your comment. Uh, if there's anybody in the room who'd like to speak on this matter, you can line up to speak at this time. And we currently have 38 people on the telephone line with 25 in line to speak at this time. Is there anybody in the chamber who would like to provide public comment at this time? Please line up to speak. Please step up to the podium. Thank you. Hello, supervisors. Oh. As you can see, for me in my wheelchair to come and give public comment, even getting the microphone down, wondering who's going to do it, it's one of those just annoying things in my day, right? I deal with ableism constantly, every minute of every day. Okay, maybe not every minute, but multiple times every day. And it's these little things that accumulate and add stress. And I just want to point that out, that there are times where sometimes people say, you know what? I just want to stay home and not deal with things like that. And they should have the right to do that. And that's where we need you to hear us who have these experiences to try to recognize that if it's an experience you don't have, we need you to hear us about what it's like. That's not the testimony I was really gonna give. Um, my name is Jessica Lehman. I'm with Senior and Disability Action. We have a coalition of LGBT organizations, racial equity groups, neighborhood groups, parents, others, who are coming together around protecting remote access. Expansive democracy is about the need to hear from marginalized groups. And that's not just people with disabilities. A reasonable accommodations policy is not the answer. It will not help people who don't identify as disabled. It won't help someone who's a parent, who's at work, someone in the Bayview who can't take an hour and a half on public transit to get here and wait for several hours not knowing when their item is going to come up. Moreover, it requires people to jump through another hoop of paying attention to that agenda ahead of time, calling ahead. It's a burden on disabled people. It's a risk. I am at risk if I were to get COVID of dying. And I took that risk today, but not lightly. And I question whether that was a good idea. People should not be required to constantly have to assess that risk and put their lives at risk. We should not further segregate people by saying, here's the policy you can do if you have a disability. Here's what you do if you're not disabled. 
We talk about going back to normal. Because time has elapsed. We know that normal doesn't work. We can do better. Thank you. Hello, Michael Petrellis again. Um, your meetings go on and on and on and on because you all talk during commendations and roll call introductions without a time limit. You're worried about spending too much time here listening to us? Put a time limit on yourselves. The other thing is that um, you disrespect the public by putting public comment at the very end of the meeting. We have to sit here through hours and hours of your hot air to get 120 seconds of public comment. I have lectured you about how the Oakland City Council puts public comment as item one. Item one respects the public. When you put public comment at item 59 or item 74, you're disrespecting us. You all pay, are paid about 140, 150,000 a year. A six-figure salary isn't enough for you to sit here and put public comment at the top of the agenda. Go get another job if you don't want to listen to us. You do not hold town hall meetings. I have come to this body and said over and over again, we need a town hall in the Castro about a number of issues, and we never get that town hall. It is not okay that you want disabled people, working people, any member of the public to schlep here every Tuesday and sit around for hours as you talk, 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 talk about commendations and roll call introductions. Stop disrespecting the public. Kill this motion. Thank you very much. The pandemic is not over, and that is why I'm wearing a mask. Keep remote public comment. We need it. Uh, good morning, Supervisors. My name is Curtis Bradford, and I am the Community Organizing Manager at the Tenderloin Neighborhood Development Corporation. Um, and I'm speaking today because I, I, I think it's critically important that we keep public comment accessible for, for all of our residents. There's a lot of folks who don't specifically identify as disabled, folks even like myself who are at increased risk. Um, the, the, you know, the pandemic is not over, but I'm still at increased risk because of a distressed immune system. So I had to put on my mask. I had to come to public comment. I'm here. But there's a lot of other folks out there who are in similar situation who, who really need access in a safe way. And it goes beyond that. There's working families. There's mothers. A lot of the people that I work with are seniors and folks, and it's just difficult for them to get here. It's, is it, you know, are we going to account for them through an accessibility you know, clause? I guess officially you would say that, but really we know that that's still going to exclude people. And I know it's hard on, on really controversial issues to sit here for hours and hear it all. I know that's hard and it's tiring and it's, it's difficult, but it's also really, really, really important. It's really important that people get a chance to have their voice heard. Even if you've heard from someone else earlier who said the same thing, who gets to decide which person you get to hear and which one you don't? 
whose voice is more important? Everyone who wants to talk to you should have the opportunity to have their moment to say, even if it's just one minute or two minutes, to share their voice. It's about empowering our residents, right? It's not about necessarily even changing your mind. But you should be receptive to at least hearing the message from your constituents. Uh, and that's what a democracy is about. And we need to protect that. We really need to protect that. I know it's hard work. I know it's long hours. I know it's difficult. I sat through those redistricting hearings all the way through every hour, every minute I was here. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But it's also critically important. People need to be heard. Thank you. Okay. Is there anybody else in the chamber who would like to make public comment at this time? There being no further public comment in chamber, we'll move on to our public comment call in line. Can we have our first caller, please? Good morning, supervisors and members of the public who have come in person. This is Julie Fisher from District 1. I certainly wish I had more time to speak, but I will use what I have to my best ability. I am calling from my home. My companion, a brain aneurysm survivor, Lester, is also here. We both want to say the following, that we would not be able to participate without this remote public access. We are high risk, as many people are. COVID is not over. Colds are not over. Flu is not over. And all of us and all of you need to keep that in mind. Public access is what we have when we're not voting. Voting is great. Each person gets to vote. Being able to speak and having a voice with you there at City Hall through technology, through SFGov TV and WebEx, allows us to participate, to hear each other, and to hear you. I ask that you not only keep, but expand remote public access in the city of San Francisco at any hour of the day or night. We need to be connected. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Eileen Bogan, Coalition for San Francisco Neighborhoods, speaking on my own behalf. In strong opposition to this legislation, to follow up on my written comments, there is no BLA report on this item. The main rationale seems to be on pages four, lines one and two, and I quote, the significant cost associated with allowing members of the public to participate in board meetings remotely, end quote. Uh, the significant costs have never been quantified. Uh, the burden of the public to going to City Hall, sitting for long hours to give two minutes of public comment, then returning from City Hall have not been factored in. I also sat through 97% of the very, very long redistricting meetings. I have a library card. It entitles me to use library resources. I would urge the board to issue call-in cards, which have been vetted rather than eliminate public comment except for disabilities. Again, I strongly oppose the legislation as currently drafted. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Yes, good morning, supervisors. This is Patrick Lynette Shaw. I'm still having trouble with my speech following my cancer surgery. 
I want to remind you from my written testimony that um, back in 1996, 27 years ago, the Board of Supervisors adopted Resolution 270-96, and then uh, then-Mayor Willie L. Brown signed it into law, resolving that it is the policy of the Board of Supervisors of the city and county of San Francisco that a calling telephone system be developed to take public comments. So what Supervisor Vanderman is proposing to do is to change nearly three decades of standing city policy. I heard Supervisor Peskin's concern about having a uniform policy that would apply to both the legislative and executive branches, but the solution is not um, to restrict Board of Supervisors' comments, public comments, just to accommodate the administrative side of uh, our government. This resolution is uh, simply in search of a real problem, as the last speaker indicated. As to Mr. Petrellis, I commend him for his time that Mandelman wants the public to drop dead. He, Mr. Petrellis was correct. Every one of you supervisors made 149,000. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Good after or good morning, supervisors. Jake Price on behalf of the Housing Action Coalition. Um, calling in uh, remotely, which should give you an indication of our organization's feeling on this, we've found that um, expanding access to remote call-in gives a more representative sample size um, of the city's residents in uh, their feedback on various um, policies, not specifically housing, but in our experience focused on housing. Um, and I, I think that the idea that we make exceptions for people who um, explicitly identify as disabled, but don't make, it, it, the logic there doesn't make sense to me when you aren't including um, folks who can't take a day off in the middle of the day to come to the board or a committee or a commission. Um, and, it, you know, we understand that some people can't make it because of disabilities, but other people can't make it for other legitimate reasons as well. Um, so keeping remote uh, comments available for everyone um, is essential. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Good afternoon, uh, George Woodling, Coalition for San Francisco Neighborhoods. I wanted to say that uh, I prefer uh, having, having the ability to listen to meetings. It allows me to uh, listen to committee meetings while multitasking. As other people have said, it is difficult to get downtown um, 
it is barely worth it to sit through a lot of these meetings and listen to the nattering nabobs of negativity um, who sometimes call themselves supervisors. And um, it's just plain hard. And uh, it's very unreliable when the meeting is going to be heard and um, how long public comment is going to be. Yes, it is a problem because instead of getting 20 EMBs, sometimes you'll get 40 EMBs all saying the same thing. And I can understand how irritating that is, but it is your job. Now, I'm in a wheelchair, so it's very difficult for me. Um, Paratransit, a city organization, is incredibly unreliable. Um, it takes me maybe half a day, and um, they come at certain unspecific times. So I may actually get downtown and have to leave to get back, get a ride back. They may take up to two hours, although I'm only half an hour from my house. So um, I want to say I'm a little um, disappointed in Supervisor Mandelman. Speaker time has elapsed. In terms of Thank you. Just like to apologize for cutting anybody off, but we are allocating two minutes per speaker for, for this matter. Can we have our next caller, please? Good morning, Supervisors. Zach Lipton in District 6, standing with Senior and Disability Action and the more than 100 community organizations in opposition to this motion. Unfortunately, the pandemic is far from over and people should not have to choose between their health and participation in government. And this motion takes away the voices of the many parents, working people far from City Hall, who finally felt like they had a voice these past few years. This would make public comment even less representative and raise a lot of administrative questions about who would be eligible to receive an accommodation and what kind of enforcement of that policy we might see. To be honest, I bemoan the dog and pony show of public comment for issues like JFK Drive, feeling like, quote, our side needs to turn out many hours of supporters merely because we know opponents will do the same. So because of that, I'm really open to the idea that, especially for contentious issues, there probably are newer and less costly, less time-consuming ways to facilitate um, participation in government and make it even more representative. Um, other cities have experimented with newer models, but we should have any such system in place before we eliminate this and revert to the inequitable um, system we had before. I think we should be honest about the practical effects of this motion. We're, we're saying that if we make people jump through more hoops to participate in government, fewer people will participate and city meetings will be faster. I'd, I'd like to see a solution that makes our city government more representative and not less. I have no doubt that we can find a new and better way forward, but we should figure that out and implement it first. Finally, the end of the motion simply says that remote public comment should be offered to people with disabilities, quote, to the extent required by law. Frankly, I think we should be doing more to accommodate people with disabilities and everyone who wants to participate in our city's government, rather than merely saying that our standard is just to comply with the law. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? 
Good morning, Chair and Committee members. Wesley Saver, Senior Policy Manager for Glide. The organization is in strong opposition to this motion. Discontinuing remote public comment for everyone except for people with recognized disabilities would be an unacceptable obstacle to community participation in democracy, and it's tantamount to systemic marginalization, discounting the experience of your constituents. Remote public comment has made it possible for some community members to participate in meetings for the first time, and it should be allowed for all rather than only as a reasonable accommodation. Government should desire and encourage more participation from constituents, not less, and be looking at ways to promote equity and inclusion and remove barriers to access. Working people, parents, uh, seniors, and people with immunocompromised household members all have legitimate reasons that make it difficult for them to come to City Hall in the middle of a weekday, including work schedules, transportation challenges, childcare responsibilities, and risk of exposure to COVID-19. Glide serves many of these populations, and it's already difficult for them to call in for public comment, but it's nearly impossible for some of them to come in person. Glide also serves people who are impacted by the criminal legal system, who may feel intimidated to come and speak in person when members of law enforcement are present. Glide also works with survivors of domestic violence, and they too deserve a safe, secure, and private way to engage in meetings. During a time when we need to increase connections and trust in government, Ending remote public comment would only widen the divide between the community and its elected leaders. We respectfully request a no vote on this motion. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Good morning. My name is Licia Montano. I'm from District 9. I'm the Senior in Disability Action. I'm calling this morning to kindly remind you that remote participation should be allowed for all. Label it as a reasonable accommodation and requiring people to identify as disabled and ask for an accommodation ahead of time as a barrier to make it less likely for people to participate. Um, you know, what next? Um, I, I'll ask you, um, are you also going to limit or prevent people from voting by mail? or voting like in other counties and, and states. Increased public engagement should be celebrated, not prevented. This body has the power to shape our city policies, and they should include everyone in the process. If, um, you know, a few times a year, you will experience long hours, but your decisions will last long way, much longer than that. And the people affected by your decisions should have a say in you. So please consider that and vote no for this. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good morning, Board of Supervisors Rules Committee. My name is Susan Englander. I am standing in front of history class 471, which is legal and constitutional history. Give a holla, class. I'm here to talk about free speech and accommodation. Now, me and my students, we work and we learn during, during uh, business hours. That's just a fact of life. Most people in this audience live and work, uh, at, learn and work during business hours. So why would you want to cut off our opportunity to testify before the Board of Trustees? I'm sorry, the Board of Supervisors. I used to be City College. I'm 
switching heads. Supervisor Dorsey, congratulations on your chairship. Supervisor Safai, hey, Supervisor Peskin, good to talk to you. Supervisor Mandelman, not liking this uh, resolution. So I'm going to make this short because I have to go back to talking about the 14th Amendment. But I urge you to keep public testimony as broad and accessible as possible. Do I have a witness? Yes. Thank you, Rules Committee, Board of Trustees, Board of Board of Supervisors. I'm done. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, Supervisors. Uh, my name is Sheba Bandiba. I'm a District 6 resident and a public policy manager at HomeRise, a supportive housing provider in our city. I'm calling to urge this committee to reconsider the inequitable decision to end remote public comment. Our resident community is comprised of people with disabilities, both physical and mental, seniors, working parents, and individuals who cannot dedicate a whole day sitting in these chambers only to give a one to two minute comment. By eliminating remote public comment, you are erasing the quality of life barriers so many San Franciscan residents face while seeking opportunities where they can participate in civic engagement. Please do not generalize the needs of a few over those of the majority by making a hasty decision that will impact the, the public's perception of what actually happens in those chambers. It is required by our state law that virtual public comment be provided to the public if and when other board members are calling in remotely. Remote public comment after the pandemic can no longer be seen as a reasonable accommodation, but a necessary accommodation. It allows for much needed public engagement to hold you all accountable to the policies you make that impact our community. Please consider this policy change and keep remote public comment as an option for those who need it and those who depend on it. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good morning, this is Anastasia Yovanopoulos. I'm a District 8 resident, member of San Francisco Tenants Union and the Race and Equity in All Planning Coalition opposed to this legislation. I find it highly insulting. I'm a senior now, my voice counts. I've participated in, in meetings for forever uh, with the Board of Supervisors and I find this Cutting off our voices very insulting. We should have more inclusivity in public engagement. You should be able to listen to us and absorb what we're saying, take it in, and then rule accordingly. Please deny this. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, my name is Campbell Kurlander. Um, I'm here with the FDA. I'm 23 years old and this is my first time calling in. Um, I'm at work right now and I wouldn't be able to participate in this if uh, it weren't for this option. Um, and I would really appreciate if it stayed. Uh, yeah, that's it, thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hello. 
do not accept this proposal. Do not accept to forward it. This is a valid and necessary way for people to participate in government affairs and decision-making. My name is Vivian Imperiali. It is not just people with disabilities who choose to phone in. Many people have schedules that preclude a trip to City Hall. Also, people have different communication styles. Some like to testify in person, some like to write, some like to phone in. These factors should not eliminate their participation. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, my name is Alyssa Matros and I'm a member of Senior and Disability Action. Looking at your meeting on screen today, I see that even basic COVID safety protocols are not followed at City Hall. No one is masking. There is no social distancing. Only supervisors have dedicated microphones. The public shares a mic without any cleaning protocols in between. This last point is directed at my supervisor, Supervisor Mandelman. I am not a one-issue person. Remote access is not the only city issue I care about. I have contacted your office frequently about Muni, about support for 24th Street merchants during COVID, and I have yet to receive a response from your office. I would like my voice to be included in this discussion, and I thank all the supervisors for listening to these many voices who are united against this proposal to end remote access. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good morning, this is Tab Buckner, and uh, this proposed ordinance strikes me as being very abrupt and harsh. As many have pointed out, the pandemic is not over yet. Uh, people are still fearful of showing up for public gatherings because of it. Um, people are still getting COVID with even taking precautions. So um, in the short term, it makes no sense. In the long term, the pandemic has changed our lives and our culture forever. Virtual is now a part of our reality, and um, it's been demonstrated in recent years how many very passionate San Franciscans are truly engaged in their community, are concerned about specific issues, and want to participate. But because of jobs, because of taking care of loved ones and other responsibilities, they've been restricted to the phone only. So cutting this off would be cutting off participation that has been so ex extraordinarily demonstrated over and over again. So please do not support this proposed ordinance. Um, Nothing I know can replace in-person um, representation. I've certainly done my share of public hearings uh, in person at City Hall, but people who can only call in have the right to do so. So please make sure it continues. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hi, my name is Elizabeth, and I'm a member of Senior and Disability Action, and I'm just really um, concerned about the notion of this going away. Remote participation really needs to stay 
it should be required for everyone rather than only as a reasonable accommodation. When you require people to identify as disabled and ask for an accommodation ahead of time, it adds a barrier that makes it less likely for people to participate. And non-disabled people, um, you know, also have very legitimate reasons for needing to call in. If people can't take time away from their, from their jobs, from their busy lives to come down, it's going to exclude a lot of people. Also, um, the whole notion of 72 hours notice, uh, I think this agenda item was only added 72 hours ago. That would, I mean, we barely had time to get the word out about this. And, um, you know, if you're making people um, request an accommodation at that time, it, that's just, it's gonna exclude people. And also just requesting accommodations, um, this needs to be open to a wider range of people. This is your job. It's a deterrent to democracy to get rid of this option. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Can we have our next caller? Hello, uh, my name is Ben Terrell. I'm the secretary of the Redstone Labor Temple Association. It's the Tennis Association of the uh, Redstone Building in the Mission District. Uh, historic labor temple, which has many unions over the years and now is home to uh, many organizations representing poor and working people of color, mostly in the mission and surrounding areas. And uh, I've got to say, I'm shocked that um, uh, I expect to hear an argument that less democracy is better than more democracy. I expect to hear that from Mitch McConnell, but from my city's board of supervisors, it, it's really surprising to me, to say the least. And um, people cannot get paid days off to come to the board of supervisors meetings or to public hearings. Um, as has been said, hours and hours of the day go by, and also has been said, and it's rightly, that uh, COVID protocols are nowhere anymore. I myself do not want to find out how long COVID interacts with my blood disease. Uh, One-way masking has been shown to be dodgy at best. And uh, lastly, I got to say, I'm sorry if it's putting too sharp a point on it, but, you know, to hear complaints about how long some of the meetings go on seems uh, a bit much when I think you guys are not working as volunteers. I respect the amount of work you do, and I respect, respect the amount of attention you give these issues. But, you know, compared to the people in our building and the people Speaker we represent. Time has elapsed. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hi there, thank you supervisors. My name is Leanne Chang and I'm a board member at Rock San Francisco, though I'm not you know, speaking only to myself here. Um, you know, I'm an able-bodied adult. I, I actually left my full-time job last month in part so that I could be a more engaged citizen. Um, but even I can't you know, be in person today because my son doesn't have school. So you know, access, access is so important um, and, and you know, all the more for people with mobility issues and scheduling and, and whatnot. At the same time, I'm completely sympathetic and I understand that, you know, streamlining these processes is, is what's going to allow the city to be able to deliver more 
and not get caught up in endless hearings and, you know, um, have, have staff time uh, be consumed by that. So I, I guess I'm just, you know, asking, is there another way, um, you know, echoing some other commenters that have, have kind of brought this up, is there a way that, for example, we could have online public comment, you know, um, with some state and federal uh, comment issues, I've been able to go to a website, have a drop-down menu, select my issue, indicate pro or con, write in my comments. Um, you know, I have the satisfaction of knowing my voice is being heard, and, and it's super convenient to me. I, I, I don't hear anyone saying that they like waiting on a phone queue for hours either. Um, so I, I'm hoping that there is another way that, that can, um, you know, provide accessibility and also, you know, gather information in a way that's useful for all of you to, to kind of gauge where people are at. Um, and I also know that online and, and writing is not a medium that works as well for everyone. Maybe there's a phone line option eventually. Like, you know, I, I feel like there could be other ways to, to meet both of these needs, which, which I, you know, I see you trying hard to, to bridge between. Um, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hello, this is Citizen 22. I wonder if some of you remember me. Now, when I lived in Noe Valley, I was in the luxury of not having to be very political. My environment never required it. Boy, do I miss those days. Then I lived in District 6. And when I reached out to Matt Haney, and I do not mean to violate the protocol, by referring to a specific supervisor, but since he's no longer a supervisor, I'm just gonna be frank. It did nothing. I only felt I had a place in democracy once I had a right to call in and participate in the board of supervisor meetings. I found my voice, I found my power, and I know I reached other people, and some of you. Please do not remove my ability to reach not only some of you, but the other people listening. I found democracy alive, vibrant, vivid, and inspiring through all of you and a landline that was never accessible to me before. <sighs> Democracy, <laughs> it's so beautiful. And I never had access to it prior to this particular medium. Sometimes I would be ill and I wouldn't wake up until halfway through the meeting and I would call in feeling unable to speak, but I would hear all of you, your voices, Speaker time and you elapsed. would ins Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Uh, good morning again, David Pilpel. As Supervisor Peskin noted, many people behind the scenes work every day to make these meetings work. Um, I see Clerk Calvillo in chambers today. Perhaps we will hear from her after public comment a little bit about that. Um, you've already heard from a variety of people today who don't always agree on things except about uh, this issue. Uh, a lot of eloquent speakers, including uh, Jessica Lehman, Tab Buckner, and others. Public comment can be useful, useless, 
or somewhere in between. As I think we've already seen today, I try to be useful in my comments. Policy bodies can limit public comments in meetings and on specific items. In my opinion, there is no need for excessively long meetings. I think that remote public comment has increased public engagement in government over the past three years. I support keeping remote public comment at meetings. I oppose the motion as it is currently drafted. I'm happy to discuss ways to minimize costs and make public meetings both effective and efficient. I continue to be mindful about time and fundamental issues of meaningful representative government. I urge you to keep discussing ways to make public comment work and amend and continue this item in committee today. And finally, I think Supervisor Mandelman is not completely wrong on uh, elements of what he said at the beginning. I think there is a compromise to be found here, and I hope that we can all work together to make that happen. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Uh, hello, uh, this is Patricia Eric. Uh, I'm a retired faculty member of City College and leader of Concerned Residents of the Sunset. And kudos to that wonderful teacher who phoned in with her class, modeling for them civic engagement. Uh, I'm disabled. I would not be able to participate in any uh, meetings because I couldn't, I I'm not able to come. But there's other people also, working people, moms and dads, home with small children, people who are seniors, people who don't have the transportation to get to the meetings. This is a core value of the civil rights movement, equal access. Equal access is what democracy is all about. Please vote no on this issue. Uh, I understand where Raphael Mandelman is coming from because I have sat through meetings that were eight hours long and you need to go after the abusers of this process. It's like the teacher who makes the entire class serve detention because one kid was screwing up and, and acting out. That's what this reminds me of. It's not fair, it's, it's not just. Go after the transgressors, go after groups like the Bike Coalition. I have sat through meetings where the Bike Coalition gets, you know, and by the way, they're completely funded by the, the taxpayer. They have people calling in from Seattle. They have people calling in from Los Angeles. This is a total abuse of the system. So go after the people that make these, these meetings less for anyone. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Good morning, uh, members of the Board of Supervisors and Rules Committee. This is Michael Rupe. Great to see you all. Um, and good morning. Um, I'm calling uh, to strongly oppose this motion. Um, from District 9, uh, as a long-term San Franciscan, as a co-drafter of the San Francisco Principles 2020, I'm here to advocate on the rights and behalf of people living with HIV AIDS, our working class, our marginalized people, and people without a, an ability to make it down to City Hall to advocate for three words, the compelling public interest. Two months ago, three months ago, I launched an anti-corruption caucus to address 
these issues. I want to see this city taking on more sunshine, not reducing the sunshine. People have a right to address and, and petition the government. And if it's not broken, um, it doesn't need to be fixed. And I think that if we saw, even though we saw in the pandemic that we, we had to change footage a little bit and address these issues a little bit differently, um, the idea shouldn't be to close access to government off, even if we are past what other people are. What this board has right now is an opportunity to show real leadership, and this motion is not it. Um, I respectfully ask that you uh, oppose this motion. Thank you so much, and have a good day. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hey, good, good morning, Supervisor and General Public. I just want to, I'm appalled at you even considering something like this. This is a major city in the United States. We are the northern Silicon Valley, but we don't act like it. I think this is one of the only cities in the United States is actually going back, proposing to go back in technology. This is so ridiculous. Sometimes the board comes out with some ridiculous measures. This one fits way up there. Now, one of the supervisors says, well, I was up to 2 o'clock in the morning. So was I, supervisor, and I don't get paid. I remember a few years ago we had to, the sheriff, we were trying to re readmit the sheriff. It, on the, we were up till the sun came out when I left City Hall. So that's not that big of a deal. If you want to modify this, Let's come out and put a limit on public comment, two hours, two and a half hours, or either go back to, instead of 120 seconds, go back to 60 seconds. But you can't eliminate due process. This is archaic. Uh, how can you even think about doing something like this? What are you thinking? I'm saying no, no, hell no. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hi, my name is Priya Prabhakar, and I'm an organizer at People Power Media and the Rep Coalition. Um, it's actually quite offensive that public officials who were voted in by the public under this are now using their power to undermine the ability to give public remote public a comment. You are accountable to the public, and that includes being accountable to do everything in your capability to make it possible for everyone to make their voice heard on legislation that profoundly impacts them. As people have said before, it's disrespectful to, one, relegate public comment to the end of meetings in the first place. And the fact that we have to sit here and hear you all debate whether disabled communities, working class communities, parents, teachers, seniors, and poor folks should be able to give input on your motions, it, it's ridiculous. For so many people, this is literally the only way that they can have their voice heard. So I strongly oppose this honestly offensive legislation. It's of incredible importance that you keep the ability to give public comment remotely. And uh, yeah, we're, we're constantly being told that we live in the cradle of innovation with billions of dollars going towards producing technology. So use some of that to intensely work towards full accessibility instead of undemocratically curtailing that. Have some backbone and have some basic decency to serve the people who elected you. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Yeah, this is Steve Zeltzer with the United Front Committee for the Labor Party. I mean, I think it's contemptible that we're spending our tax dollars really discussing how to shut down public comment for people who can't physically go to the meetings. 
what we have to look at is who's behind this. Who is this supervisor who's putting this forward? He's a land development lawyer who has uh, supported NIMBYs. He supports gentrification. He supports the billionaires taking over and destroying San Francisco. That's who he represents. And that's why he says we need to cut down on public access. It's anti-worker. It's anti-working class against the rights of workers to speak out who can't come to the meetings. It's an anti-Brown Act as far as, uh, you know, uh, transparency and the Sunshine Act. Uh, it's anti-free speech. And basically he did the same thing when he was on the Board of, Supervi uh, Board of Trustees at City College in San Francisco, which, again, does not allow public comment at a regular time and limits the right of uh, the, the students, the teachers, and the staff to participate. So we're talking about a, a serial attacker on free speech in San Francisco who proclaims that he's for the people, but in reality his actions in pushing an attempt to shut down remote public comment is an example of uh, discrimination and is an example of the gentrifiers who really want to destroy any kind of democratic rights in San Francisco. Uh, if you're a developer, if, you have million, if you're a millionaire, if you're a billionaire, he'll have time to talk to you. But when it comes to the people of San Francisco who want to put their voices out against gentrification, against the corporate control and privatization of public services, uh, like Laguna Honda, the attack on all public services in San Francisco, uh, he'll, he, has, he, wants, he does not want to hear from you. So I think we have to oppose that. The, the rest of the board should reject this out of hand and uh, tell him to uh, rethink his whole ideology, which is that San Francisco is for the wealthy, the rich, and not for the people to have their voices heard at the Board of Supervisors. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, my name is Bea Small. I'm an organizer at Senior and Disability Action, and I'm calling to strongly oppose Mandelman's measure for many reasons that many other speakers have already um, alluded to. Um, one is that COVID is still a crisis. It's still killing 600 people a day in the United States, and it's disabling many more. And there are so many people who are not able to go to City Hall to make comment right now because of it, particularly because there's no mask requirement at City Hall. And as we can see, um, very few people in the room are wearing masks, making it unsafe for people who are high risk for COVID, for anyone who cannot afford to take weeks off of work for anyone who cannot risk getting long COVID and more. Um, this policy to end remote public comment will hurt disabled people, and there is just not a compromise that's going to work. Um, we've tried to find, is there a way that we can limit the length of meetings? Is there a way that we can, you know, make sure people from outside the city aren't calling in? For one, we only know of one case where people from outside the city were calling in, and that has not even come up here. Um, it just... Um, no matter what, a, um, a reasonable accommodation is not going to work in terms of it will place an extra administrative hurdle on anyone who needs to use it. Most people aren't going to know about it. Most people didn't know about the option beforehand, before the pandemic. It will also hurt seniors, parents, people in neighborhoods far from City Hall, and so many others who can't physically get to City Hall. And finally, more participation is a good thing and should be encouraged. Some of the supervisors spoke about being annoyed when many people call in making the same point, but the point of your position is to actually hear what the community has to say. And if many people are making the same point, maybe that's a point that you should listen to and a point that should affect what you're voting for. Um, you know, many of us wait long hours to make public comment, 
and most of us waiting are not being paid for it, unlike the supervisors and city hall staff. And the reason that we take Speaker all of this time, time is... Elapsed. Can we have our next caller, please? Hi, I'm calling to oppose this measure. As other people have said, I live in the Bayview, one of the far-flung neighborhoods that has been referenced. It is very hard to get down to City Hall to speak. Uh, some points that haven't been brought up, the two examples Supervisor Mandelman gave of JFK and redistricting are actually perfect examples of increased engagement from locals. I don't think there's been an argument that has said that outside people called into those meetings. It was actually local working families, people who were very committed to making sure redistricting works that called in. Some solutions to offer, I know time has been suggested, but it hasn't really been said why you can't just cut down timing if you know there's gonna be a lot of public comment. There's been an hour of public comment right now. If you had made it a minute or 30 seconds, you would have drastically cut it down, but still had people participate. At the state level, they require people to just say state to support or oppose. I don't see why you couldn't do that for very contentious issues. Finally, there hasn't been really a reason to get rid of remote comment besides cost, and actual costs haven't been discussed at all. And in conclusion, you know, a lot of us don't know what the supervisors are thinking until committee meetings, and we can't respond in public comment until we see that. So I hope you are actually listening to public comment, on public comment, and hearing our voices, and know that removing remote public comment is not the way to go. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Good afternoon, supervisors. My name is Eric Arcoya. I'm the advocacy manager for GLIDE under the Center for Social Justice. GLIDE is a nationally recognized center for social justice dedicated to fighting systemic injustices, creating pathways out of poverty and crisis, and transforming lives. Some ways we do this is by lifting the voices of historic marginalized communities, making sure they have access and able to vote, empowering communities to advocate and speak for their communities and have access to do that as many ways possible. COVID has changed the world and we are not the same as we were before. Let's embrace and celebrate the change and the ability for people that normally were not able to speak to have access. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, Supervisors. This is Debbie Lerman at the San Francisco Human Services Network. We understand the challenges of sitting through long meetings, but remote public comment has been one of the few real gifts coming out of the pandemic. This is an issue of equity. Remote public comment has enabled accessible democracy for those who have never been able to participate before. Your meetings are during the day. People with resources and privilege can participate in person, but in-person meetings exclude working people, especially low-income people, parents with small children, seniors, people with disabilities, caregivers, people without transportation, and people at higher risk from COVID with the greatest impact on communities of color. Even people like me who have the privilege of being able to participate in person often spend hours of our time waiting for our two minutes. And this is true not just for the board, but it will also send a signal to commissions and other public bodies 
some of which have already reverted to in-person only. Public comment is not just for you. It also plays a role in educating the listening public on different perspectives. And we urge you to continue remote comment to enable community engagement and empowerment and diverse input into policy discussions. And lastly, San Francisco has always been and should continue to be a model for this country and particularly on civic engagement issues like this. Thank you, please vote no. Thank you, can we have our next caller? Good morning, supervisors. My name is Paul, uh, name is Paul Aguilar. I am the chair of the office of the Harvey Milk Democratic Club, but I'm here speaking as somebody who's been living with NHL the last 34 years. Um, you forget that the government is of the people, by the people, and for the people, and in Harvey's words, the us's, and we are the us's. Um, 16,000 people in the city are living with HIV, and 73% of us are over the age of 50. Many of us have mobility issues. I'm dismayed to learn, dismayed to learn that this isn't really financially motivated. It's not about saving the city money. It's because the supervisor who sponsored this legislation proposes dismantling this avenue of public access to government. That very same supervisor was overheard stating that public comment doesn't change his position on any legislation. That's very dismaying. This also flies in the face of the San Francisco Principles 2020, a manifesto of long-term survivors of HIV and AIDS that this august body adopted in May last year in Resolution 220548, which was pushed through by Supervisor Mandelman. Without public comment, I am pretty sure that the $3.3 million in the mayor's budget that we secured last year for HIV prevention services would not have been uh, possible. I know that another way to comment is email, but I know how many emails I get in my inbox in a day, and I barely get through 20% of them. I can't imagine how many emails you all get. It's also dismaying to know that Supervisor Mandelman's, a lot of his constituents are people living with HIV. Most of them are older, own their homes in the Castro. And this, uh, again, is just cutting off public access is not the answer. I yield the rest of my time. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Uh, good morning, Supervisors and Mr. Chair. Uh, Bruce Wolf of CARE Association, member of Race and Equity in All Planning Coalition, also a member of the Haight-Ashbury Council and uh, District 5 resident, and speaking for myself as a member of the Sunshine Task Force. Uh, I'm also here on a short break from work outside of the city, some 45 minutes away. It's obvious this is an un unpopular proposal. I echo all the previous speakers opposing this, and the demonstration of public comment here today is proof of how successful remote access is. Despite the pandemic and this day and age of technology alone, remote access to public meetings is a given. As a person with disability and serving in the seat reserved for people with disabilities on the Sunshine Task Force, plus being immunosuppressed, I can tell you how hard-pressed even post-pandemic to participate in person as others have been clear about how dangerous for them and it may be. Equally, I, despite that, I, I have to now contemplate how I might be able to attend our Sunshine Task Force meetings 
uh, except to request a reasonable accommodation, and the public can't do that. So that's a privilege uh, that I don't take lightly. The COVID pandemic may be subsided for the moment, but there are still prolific viruses with severe symptoms, leaving people sometimes with suffering uh, disabilities. People, whether mildly ill or completely homebound, still have a right to participate in the public process of which public testimony is primary. With meetings being during workday business hours, remote access for public comment allows those who cannot travel to meetings and chambers to participate. While other municipalities have already made those adjustments respecting uh, people's time and, and efforts uh, to, to be civically uh, participating. So I urge this proposal to be rescinded or a no vote at a committee. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Uh, hey, folks. Uh, it's Keen Chaponetta from Jobs with Justice San Francisco. Um, I'm just calling to uh, add my name in opposition, or add our, my organization, rather, name in opposition to the legislation that would end remote public comment. Um, I think that there's more at stake here than just city resources. I think this is fundamentally a conversation about access to democracy and uh, not the quality of that access, the impact of, of that access, but the potential impact of the access itself on, on the decision, decisions that we're making. Um, and that's really what democracy is supposed to be about, right? It's about equality for all, not equality for those who live next to City Hall or equality for those who can drop work to participate in democracy. And I think as others have said, right, this is one of the many areas where uh, the pandemic really forced us to think differently about how to use technology to preserve access to spaces. And I don't think we should be so quick to unlearn those lessons, um, especially as we already know that in-person participation means that the potential um, for participation is greatly reduced as folks who live far away or have jobs that they can't um, leave so easily will struggle to participate in the future. Um, and I'm not hearing anything in this move that will, uh, you know, preserve that access or make it easier for those folks to participate in the future. Um, so, again, I'm just here to say that remote participation should be allowed for all rather than just, uh, you know, not just a reasonable accommodation, you know, and that's complete with um, ASL captioning, interpretation, all of that. And the city, you know, can't begin to prioritize itself and its functions over those that it is tasked with serving. Um, again, I really just want to say, right, it's not about the, the, the access, but about the potential impact of it. And I, I hope that's what we, we walk away um, from this with. Um, and that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hello. I am a San Francisco resident in a chronic pain flare-up without a formal disability and an SDA member. My name is Goldbar, and I'm very thankful for remote access today and many meetings in the past. I want to ask you to check that your listening ears are on. Um, I've seen some supervisors talking to each other through this, and I know that these are long and it's hard to stay still for a while. I recommend some fidget toys. Um, I teach students in San Francisco that their voice is invaluable and an essential part of this city. I won't be able to tell them that if you don't see the value of remote access to public meetings. Um, I'm Iranian American and I hope that we don't take any steps to restrict people's voice like my home country does. Um, everyone else has already said everything else I wanted to say, so thank you and uh, don't forget to listen to us. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? This proposal is censorship. 
Okay. Uh, is that caller still on the line? Okay, can we go ahead and move on to our next caller? We'll check back on that line at a later time. Hello, um, my name is Alice. I'm an active member of Senior and Disability Action. Uh, I support the earlier speakers about the importance of public engagement being accessible to all, not just people who happen to have flexible work schedules and don't happen to have childcare responsibilities and who otherwise can reasonably testify at um, uh, these meetings uh, often during the day. Um, so spoken testimony can be so much more moving and persuasive than written. Also, as an earlier speaker mentioned, I'm sure you get enormous amounts of emails. I can't imagine you have time to read them all carefully. Um, I'll just, there's so many compelling arguments, but I'll just focus on people should not have to risk long COVID, which we're all vulnerable to, to be able to give oral public testimony. I live with a beloved person with a weak immune system. I do not want to risk giving COVID to him or to anyone, nobody should have to, to be able to have our voices heard. Um, many people are not aware that even wearing a mask, an N95 that you think fits you well, um, does not adequately protect you from COVID when you are near others who are unmasked. Uh, the uh, February 15th, uh, 2022 Slate article titled, quote, why one-way masking isn't a very good public health solution explains, quote, a study conducted earlier this year had uh, seven people trying a number of masks and found most N95 tested did not fit the faces, participants' face uh, sufficiently well. Um, what, and then goes on to say what's more, the participants' perception of whether the masks fit well often did not match up with uh, the actual fed when tested by the machine. And it concludes that an N95 that isn't uh, fit tested just isn't going to give you uh, good enough protection when you're with unmasked people. Uh, vaccines don't protect you enough. One study shows that they only provide 15% uh, reduction uh, in uh, the risk of long COVID. Thank you. Uh, like, I'd like to just state that for the record that uh, we are allowing two minutes per speaker on this matter. And I do apologize for cutting anybody off. Can we have our next speaker, please? Yes, uh, my name is Michael Nulty, N-U-L-T-Y. Um, I'm a member of the uh, Senior and Disability Action, also the Executive Director of Alliance for a Better District 6, and the uh, Program Director of Tennis Association Coalition of San Francisco. I'm also affiliated with a number of other organizations, and. Um, I think there is really more than just 100 people, uh, organizations that are uh, against this proposal. I think it's more like several thousand if you were to do an actual survey of organizations uh, that would be uh, not supporting, um, and again, what one caller said is censorship. Uh, you can't um, expect uh, elected officials to hold their uh, post in, at City Hall and then not hear a good portion of the community um, and hear their opinions when asked um, by having agenda items. Um, I also agree with the fact that uh, this as written needs to be uh, changed. Um, 
I think one of the problems we have at City Hall is uh, um, at last minute um, amendments made to um, legislation um, and not and people have to be made aware of the, what the um, final outcome of legislation is. And the only way they can do that is by one participating. So um, please give us a voice. Do not take away a voice. And uh, thank you for my time. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Sullivan, public comment is essential to democracy. We should be expanding the opportunity for public participation. The supervisors have provisions to take part remotely in meetings under certain conditions, which are also conditions members of the public often face. Assembly Bill 2449 allows supervisors to participate remotely because of physical or family medical emergencies or for just cause, including child care or caregiving needs, contagious illness, or a disability. San Francisco Administrative Code Chapter 2, Section 2.3 allows supervisors to participate in meetings remotely because of parental leave. The public also faces these problems in attending meetings physically and making public comments and should be afforded the same accommodation. Since any one time there will be members of the public facing such conditions and the government cannot determine who at every meeting faces these conditions, the supervisor should continue to take public comment by teleconference for any member of the public. I do realize that public comments can take a lot of time, but this is part of democracy, not a negative cost. As we move forward, things will, be, will get more efficient. Stopping teleconference public comment does not allow for finding balance and moving forward. I request that the Rules Committee vote no on Supervisor Mandel's proposal to end remote public comment. And I thank you for your time. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good morning, supervisors and all. My name is Peter Estes, a District 8 resident speaking with SDA, Senior in Disability Action, and the 100 plus organizations that have signed on to oppose this motion. A lot of others before me have touched well on the need to maintain remote public comment for health, safety, and disability access, particularly as the pandemic continues, as well as on the troubles with only leaving a carve out for accommodations. It would leave many out, further segregating and adding hurdles. A reasonable accommodation policy alone will result in exclusion. I think the bottom line here is that we have found a way through remote public comment to expand access to our city's democracy, which should be celebrated and embraced, not undone. We can look for ways to innovate and expand access further and do this better and better. Please vote no and preserve remote participation. I yield the rest of my time. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hi there, Supervisors. My name is Curtis Wu, and I'm calling to say that this is policy is an ableist policy, period, end of story. I get it. Hearing hours and hours of public comment, especially when it's the same exact thing, is extremely annoying, but this is part of the job you signed up for. Um, I want to also say there are other issues besides COVID. You know, for example, the recent storms we had. We could, you know, we might have wildfires again. There's a lot of reasons why physically going somewhere is not reasonable anymore or safe. And this idea that I heard one supervisor say earlier that people can only quote unquote care enough to show up in person. I find that as someone who's chronically ill with sometimes it's hard to walk, extremely offensive. 
Um, and um, yeah, my chronic illness isn't even officially recognized. So where do I fall in? Um, the reasons that were given to, to end this are complete BS that I think are masking, you know, another reason, which is that you guys just don't want to do public comment. This idea that non-SFs are hijacking meetings, I don't think that's the case. And if that is the real reason, are you guys going to do that for in person? What, how are you going to not verify if 300 people who aren't from SF come in? Are you guys going to check IDs, Erica? Like, what is this? It just doesn't make any sense. So I am, I think it's time of the meetings are the same prior to pre-pandemic, so I don't really know what the real issue is. Um, so if it's that you don't want to listen to the public comment, I would rather you just be honest. Honesty, even though I disagree, is more respectful than making up these kind of lame excuses. So um, here are some other tips that I think might help people feel engaged. You know, we can write emails, but it kind of feels like we're writing to black hole. Maybe reading at the beginning of each item how many letters of support, non-support, I think that might help. Um, but again, this proposal at the end of the day, ending remote, com remote public comment will disproportionately affect disabled, chronically ill, working class, and it will help people who have the resources to do it. So please be honest. Don't support this policy. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hi, my name is Don Masumi, and I'm a member of the Richmond District Rising and Race and Equity in All Planning Coalition. I'm calling to express my opposition to this motion to permit remote public comment. Since the pandemic, remote public comment has in fact been an expansion of democracy and enabling greater participation and civic engagement by opening up these meetings to working people who cannot take time off to sit for hours at City Hall. The question to be addressed here is, who is allowed to have a voice in our government? When we create obstacles for working people to participate, then we screen for population that does not necessarily reflect those who are directly affected by the actions of government, and instead often represent privilege and power. This one benefit of the pandemic has opened the door to enable regular working people to voice their opinions, working people who live in the Richmond district and throughout the city. The Rep Coalition, which represents over 35 community organizations, would not have otherwise been able to express the breadth of their opinions in the last two years had they not been able to have access to a public comment. This board would not otherwise have been able to appreciate the collective concerns of our communities on issues that will affect their lives and their futures. Our coalition represents those members of our communities that are among the most vulnerable and would be the most impacted by your decisions, and they deserve the right to be heard. I strongly urge this committee to reject this motion and focus on expanding democracy, not limiting it. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Uh, good afternoon, Board of Supervisors. My name is Robert Fruckman. I'm a volunteer lead with San Francisco UMB. I am here to tell you that San Francisco UMB opposes this bill. We have heard that the sponsor believes public comment takes too much time. As someone who often listens to public hearings and public comment, uh, possibly too much time, my personal opinion is that there is an element of truth in this. But the solution is not to limit who is able to give public comments. The social and racial composition of public comment has long tilted toward the white and the wealthy, uh, especially you know, in person before the pandemic. 
And when the pandemic voice and public comment upon us, I thought that might change, and it hasn't. The issue isn't the amount of public comment. Rather, the issue is that San Francisco's political system encourages governments by micromanagement by the board, a vast and myriad array of items, which comes before the Board of Supervisors and commissions uh, does not have to. And this has a ripple effect on all aspects of local government. Um, I asked the Board of Supervisors to uh, consider a different approach. Uh, the examples of redistricting and uh, decisions about Golden Gate Park taking a lot of uh, public comment are simply going to happen. These are black swan events um, when you give the public the opportunity to public comment. Rather, we should have decisions, we should have decisions which are not necessarily based in uh, discretionary, arbitrary decisions by the Board of Supervisors. The, the Board is busy enough without, without all the hearings that it has. And some of these could be facilitated better, and some of them just could simply be uh, replaced with different forms of decision-making. We should meet people where they are. We should meet people um, Speaker time not has in, at city. Can we have our next speaker, please? Hello, San Francisco. Good morning. Um, I am opposed to removing public comment. Um, it's actually been very, very revealing to hear many of my San Franciscans' different voices. Um, we don't all agree, but I do like to hear what you think. It's very... Um, it's very apparent that Rafael Mendeman doesn't want to hear what, what we have to say, that um, his privilege only wants to talk to certain people, and um, that's not fair for all of us. We all are in, um, you know, whether we're parents, disabled, working, um, you know, it's also Black History Month. African Americans have less access to um, having our voices heard, understanding um, our needs in the community, and um, to hear a supervisor or two supervisors um, spend their time about how to remove public comment tells me that they don't really like their job. They don't really like to help different people of different um, areas, and that, you know, maybe he should resign. Um, this is very appalling. Um, this is very um, undemocratic and um, he should be embarrassed. Um, I'm embarrassed for him and for anybody else who votes for this. Um, I don't care that the public comments are long. I didn't care that it was long during redistricting. I did not care that it was long during um, many other forms that we've listened to. I want to hear the public, and he should, and everybody in that council should as well. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Hi, good afternoon. My name is Tatum O'Sullivan and I am with CJCJ and the JJPA. I would just like to echo other people's voices this morning, this afternoon in opposing this motion. Um, a lot of people have already said what I would like to say as well. I'm at work sitting at my desk right now working on emails while I'm on this call and I think a lot of working class people also are in similar situations where we can't always get down 
to City Hall um, in person to provide public comment. Um, I would also like to uplift the, you know, uh, poor people and the, um, the disabled community as well. Um, I just think that it is, it is unacceptable to have uh, publicly um, appointed officials being opposed to hearing the voice of the public to which they are accountable. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Good afternoon, Supervisors. My name is Art Persico of the SF Grey Panthers. I oppose this proposal because it would limit some San Franciscans and not others opportunity to use their voices in the right place and the right time for full civic engagement. This proposal weakens democracy and equity in San Francisco. It makes it harder for some San Franciscans and not others to speak in the appropriate context and provide feedback to their elected reps during meetings in real time and on an equal basis as those attending in person. So it weakens the accountability of San Francisco elected officials to some San Francisco voters. This has a discriminatory impact on those who for various reasons are unable to attend SF Board of Supervisors and committee meetings in person. This proposal deprives San Francisco elected officials and the rest of us from hearing during meetings in real time, potentially valuable feedback and ideas from some members of the public and not others. That results in a potential loss of valuable feedback and ideas which are not heard and considered on an equal basis, which are expressed by those who are privileged to attend. That's a loss which could be translated into legislation otherwise by the board. It could benefit all San Franciscans. Some San Franciscans cannot attend public meetings in person for a number of good and legitimate reasons, including disability, work, transportation difficulties, parenting duties, and vulnerability to communicable diseases. Are San Franciscans who face those barriers to in-person attendance and public meetings any less worthy of being able to be heard in real time by their elected officials on matters of importance? Don't we all deserve equal access to our own government in San Francisco? Eliminating remote public comment is an unwise limit to full and equal participation and opportunity for civic engagement by some San Franciscans and not others. Please vote no on this undemocratic proposal. Rules should be made in the public interest, so listen to the public, all of us. Thanks for listening to me and the other members of the public today. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good afternoon, Supervisors. I know it's been a long meeting and already two of the white male dudes have already left the room. Uh, Joe Kunzler here. Um, you've got a serious situation with this proposal you ought to consider. We all know that my favorite supervisor likes to introduce motions of national significance on gun rights. So she does something like that again. Somebody wants to testify from out of area. They say they have a disability and can't get down to San Francisco in time. The accommodation is denied. You now have a civil rights lawsuit on your hands. That was a very smart move, Supervisor Mandelman. You just got Supervisor Stephanie and Cork Angela in a civil rights lawsuit. Very, very smart of you. Actually, it's not that smart. Um, I know you mean well. I know all of you mean well, but the fact that there's no working ledger on this is a real issue. And I have to say, um, what really needs to happen here is this reimagined public comment. Take a look at some of the success that's gone on in Washington State, like the sound transit and community transit. I mean, really take a cue here from jurisdictions that have made this work instead of trying to silence the public. 
nobody here supports this, Reza Mandelman. We still like you as a person, but this, this really isn't the smartest of ideas, sir. And I ask that you please withdraw the resolution, sir. And I'm trying to be respectful. And finally, I'd like through the chair, I'd like to invite your Stephanie before we return to health. I said there's some constant comment to, to and ask her to vote no on this god awful resolution to make it out of the rules. I have a bad cold. I don't want anyone getting sick, so that's why I'm not down there. But hopefully you will take my potential uh, nightmare scenario under consideration as a body, uh, you know, and really reconsider this resolution. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Thank you. This is Peter Warfield, head of Library Users Association, and I must say I'm thrilled and I'm so pleased to hear all of the speakers previously and to hear all of their varying and differing uh, op opposition as we oppose this as well. Uh, the idea of cutting back on the ability of the public to make public comment, I think, is really awful and wrong. Uh, by law, you're not allowed to discriminate or require uh, any kind of payment or uh, qualifications for entering your chambers. And so I think you shouldn't have any qualifications for a member of the public who wants to make public comment during a meeting. Uh, if anything, uh, one of the advantages actually of having much public comment is for the citizens and other folks to be able to hear who is uh, on what side of what, who has what opinion, and for what reasons. I think it's tremendously educational all around and including the supervisors. Uh, if anything, I think that making access easier would be an important step to improve public comment, including uh, remotely. For example, it's very helpful to have the clerk's office available when there are technical difficulties, which I've experienced, uh, and I believe others have as well. One can call during business hours, at least, the clerk's office, and they can patch you in. Uh, very often, people who may have trouble technologically or with the instructions and so on uh, may have difficulty coming through remotely, but I, and I think that that could be, there are quite a number of steps that could be improved. As for costs, it's democracy. We have 24-hour police, fire, hospitals, and a whole range of other things. This should be possible as well. Just get the folks, pay whoever needs Speaker it to carry this. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Um, hi, this is Regina Sneed. I'm a resident of District 2. Uh, I sent a letter on Saturday with some comments, and I want to uh, talk about a couple of them here. One is um, I'm opposed to this ordinance as written. I don't think we should limit remote public comment. I've been retired for 10 years. I have not been active until basically the last eight months in terms of the Board of Supervisors, and that was because of the 72-hour advance notice requirement before. It didn't really uh, work for me, and I don't believe it works for a lot of people with disabilities who can't come down to City Hall. I want to point out that the Environmental Commission of San Francisco would say that we really need this remote public comment as an environmental uh, uh, accommodation for the city. We need to 
uh, eliminate some of our carbon footprint here um, and do something about global warming. I'm not sure that I've heard anybody comment about the fact that remote public comment does something for our environmental goals of the city. Um, I also uh, want to suggest that I heard that some other city commissions have already eliminated remote public comment. I think we ought to go back, uh, get a survey, find out what the public thinks about for each of the commissions in the city as well as the board and the committee hearings about maintaining remote public comment. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hi, this is Anoxville Obama. I'm a District 6 resident. I'm a homewise public policy community organizing community organizer, and I'm supporting senior and disability action. Given the right-wing attacks on democracy, it is appalling local politicians would propose to erode participatory democracy. Working class, disabled, marginalized people, people of color, and monolingual speakers deserve an equitable opportunity to give input and decisions made over our lives. It's not just about supervisors listening to input from your constituents, it's about our participation in decisions that are made that impact our lives. That participation is important to keep you accountable to what everyday people think. It's also therapeutic for people to be able to speak their truth and experiences to powers. You should be exploring ways to ensure that the public has more equitable participation instead of limiting our input. Let the people participate and speak. And I just want to comment that not one person today has commented in favor of this resolution. Uh, all of the commenters have been uh, in opposition. And that is what this, us speaking up, should give you the information that you need uh, to oppose this uh, legislation. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good afternoon, Supervisor Jean-Tal Labyrinto with the Race and Equity in All Planning Coalition. We are a coalition of over three dozen grassroots organizations across the city, and we organize for San Francisco that empowers historically marginalized communities, including BIPOC, immigrant, low-income and no-income residents, seniors, and people with disabilities to, to determine our futures. This legislation works directly against this vision. More than 100 community organizations sent you all a letter demanding that San Francisco keep remote public comments to ensure that people can share input on housing, transportation, health, racial equity, and other issues that profoundly impact their lives. I urge you all to take another look at that letter and all of the signatories uh, at the bottom of the letter and see just how many communities are telling you how important it is for equitable access to these spaces through remote participation. Uh, eliminating remote public comment would be an extreme disservice to our city and would prevent historically marginalized voices from being heard. I strongly oppose this legislation and urge you all to reject it from moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good afternoon, Supervisors. Uh, my name is Maria Samudio. I'm with the Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco, and I am one of the 107 organizations who signed on to the letter that the previous commenter spoke about um, and sent to the Board of Supervisors opposing this legislation from the need to ensure that this is an accessible 
way for everyday people to engage in the democratic process to the fact that your meetings are during the day when working people can't take time off from work, um, but being able to call in for a couple of minutes to take their turn is possible. It creates having remote access to public comment creates an opportunity for everyday people who are elders, who have disabilities, who have to be out of town but still want to have their voice heard in things that they care about who are, and who are at work to be able to participate. Um, so uh, we oppose this, um, we, we oppose the remote uh, public comment being eliminated, and it should uh, be checked. Yield my time. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good morning, supervisors and general public. My name is Celine. I live and work in District 9 as a community organizer for United States Mission. And I'm calling today as a comrade of the Senior and Disability Action to urge the opposition of the offensive proposal introduced by Supervisor Mandelman to end uh, remote public comment. Uh, this proposed motion would hinder several communities' capacity to build, create, and seize opportunities to affect meaningful change. Um, over 80 community organizations of different causes want San Francisco to keep remote public comment options to ensure that people can share input on housing, transportation, pub, um, racial equity, health, and other issues. We have looked for a compromise and cannot find one. And a reasonable accommodation policy is not a compromise and is not acceptable. Remote participation should be allowed for all rather than only as a reasonable accommodation, requiring people to identify as disabled as a barrier that makes it less likely for people to participate and non-disabled people also have a valid reason to participate remotely. I strongly oppose this unpopular proposal and I rest my time. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Supervisors, my name is Francisco da Costa. I represent the first people of San Francisco. We the people have to speak truth to power. And no supervisor has a right to deny us our rights. We have thousands of people who have their health compromised. They can speak from home. Your supervisor should know this, and this should have never ever come to this stage where we the people are disrespected. We the people must never be disrespected. I represent the first people of this area. The land was stolen, and the least you can do is respect the people. When you start disrespecting San Franciscans, you hit below the belt. You have touched a raw nerve. Get this right. Stop this utter nonsense. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. Can we have the next caller, please? Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kevin Ortiz. I'm the co-president of the San Francisco Latinx Democratic Club. I'm calling in today to oppose uh, this motion. Uh, I think we need to be expanding public participation, not limiting it. Um, we just expanded voting rights in the city and the state by moving the even number of years and having vote-by-mail ballots in the entire state. We should be making it easier, not harder. The pandemic has shown it is possible to host public comment in an easy virtual way. Um, there's a growing number and population of seniors in the city. Our aging population will be 65 and older, growing by 30% in the next 20 years. These are your constituents. We need to be making sure that we're making it easy for seniors to be able to participate in the process. I also want to expand upon the idea that public comment doesn't change minds and hearts. I disagree. Politicians respond to pressure. Public comment being expanded to hear remote public comment provides extra avenues for pressure, and this is what this is about. Yeah, sometimes you have to sit through contentious items that the public has many opinions on, whether it's JFK. I've seen, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people come out before the pandemic, the Planning Commission, talking about how cannabis is, you know, bad and, you know, many myths about it. Uh, and we've seen that pressure actually pressure folks on the Planning Commission on that. So I think it's important to really listen to your constituents, uh, making sure that, you know, we are in a place that we allow folks to be able to participate remotely and virtually. Because... At the end of the day, it's like, yes, it can be tiresome really jumping in to, you know, having to sit in on a Christmas Eve call, right? But that's not because of the public story. That's because of when that was actually called by the state of emergency. So we need to look at all the facts of this. At the end of the day, we've really been able to see what it would be like with a world where we actually have public comment in and engage San Francisco electric. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Yes, good morning, supervisors and engaged citizens. My name is Dr. Derek Kerr. I just wanted to inform the audience that the Society of Professional Journalists, NorCal Chapter, the First Amendment Coalition, the Pacific Media Workers Guild, and Californians Aware all oppose this measure. They have submitted a written statement to the Board of Supervisors. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, this is Melanie Grossman, and I am the president of the Older Women's League. We are opposed to this proposal and support access to public comment. It is our mission, among other things, to help make older women's voices heard. Older women vote. We have paid our taxes and have a right to participate in democracy. It is important to also have access through our landlines. Not everyone has a cell phone, access to Wi-Fi, or access to public transportation or even a family to advocate for them. Older people have a right to speak out rather than shut up um, because uh, our leaders are too busy to listen to them. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good afternoon. My name is Sarah Hoffman and 
I was thrilled to become a U.S. citizen last year. I'm passionate about being in San Francisco and engaging with civic life in this wonderful city. And I'm calling in to comment while I'm working remotely at my day job, as I call into many other city meetings, because I simply just don't have the flexibility when I'm working full-time to also spend hours at City Hall. You know, who else doesn't have the ability to just spend hours uh, sitting at City Hall? Parents with caregiving responsibilities, people who have difficulty accessing transit, basically anyone who works. And prior to COVID, those limitations meant the demographic of in-person public commenters didn't really reflect the diversity of San Francisco. Allowing remote public comment and removing barriers to participation is so crucial to democracy. And what price are we putting on democracy when we say that having too long meetings is a good enough reason to curtail public comment rights? And that was an issue even prior to COVID. I remember sitting in many in-person planning commission meetings until past 11 p.m., which is simply just a huge burden to put on people. I think we should be celebrating the passion and enthusiasm of San Franciscans to participate remotely in these public meetings. Please don't pass this enactment. Thank you. Can we have our next uh, caller, please? Ah. I that line was unattended. Can we get our next caller? Good afternoon, Supervisors. Lisa Aubrey calling from the Panhandle, Hate Ashbury, uh, in capacity. I think that we've heard some really cogent arguments. Well, every, every speaker, honestly. I'm unable to be there because I currently have mobility issues. I had a doctor's appointment. And if you want to be humbled, have something wrong with your body so that your mobility is impacted. It, it, you must include uh, remote participation for, for everyone. It's just unthinkable. It is undemocratic. Our city is falling apart. All of our systems are just not working. So it behooves citizens and residents like me who are engaged in uh, pushing for improved public transit, for more deeply affordable housing, for, I mean, just every issue, you name it, for helping unhoused people who are living on the sidewalks in our neighborhoods because our city departments are not functioning properly and you want to limit our comments, you want to limit our input to you, our elected officials, you represent us. You, I mean, why would you cut out our eyes, our ears, the input that we have? We are your allies. I just don't understand this. It's a terrible idea. We must have fair and just access for all San Franciscans. And please vote this down. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Uh, 
Uh, hi, uh, my name is Karen Fishkin. I'm on the boards of the San Francisco Great Panthers, Senior Disability Action, and the Haight-Ashbury Neighborhood Council. The irony in this situation is palpable. The feedback has been 99.9% .9 call-in. That in itself should tell you something. Um, I was dismayed at what I perceived to be arrogance and elitism as this measure was presented to the board and to the public. I have no idea if, if uh, the speaker is aware of this, but he might want to go back and review the tape. I'm not going to speak long. Other speakers have covered what I believe to be the, the relevant issues. Uh, but I will repeat something that was said by one speaker, and that is, remember, the government is of, for, and in capital letters, by the people. You need to listen to the people. Please vote this down. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello. My name is Evelyn Posmentier. I'm a senior and a person living with multiple sclerosis, which is unpredictable, yet I am speaking on behalf of all San Franciscans. Had the 72-hour advance request for a reasonable accommodation to virtually attend public meetings be the law this morning, I and most people listening would not be here to see behind this iron curtain. This required 72-hour advance request for a reasonable accommodation has only been made at the gunpoint of the ADA. Otherwise, no one would be granted remote access to government. Everyone would be barred. Broadband is here and has opened participatory democracy such as never before. There is no going back. Essentially, eliminating remote public comment would sever access to civic engagement. Let's not close the door on democracy. Thank you for listening to me calling from a landline. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good afternoon. This is Melissa Margolis, and I'm here with Senior Disability Action. Just another voice and another plug to keep remote access available to all. Um, people have definitely already said a lot of the points that I was going to make, but basically lots of communities rely on remote access in order to have their voices heard. Uh, cutting this off would disproportionately cut access to so many different groups and so many different individuals. And since we have these tools, let's move forwards and not backwards. There's different ways that we can approach streamlining the meetings, but cutting access to people who need to call in remotely is not one of them. Uh, it is definitely the disability community, people who can't risk getting sick from COVID. Also, uh, small business owners who need to keep their businesses running can't afford to take a whole day off just to come in. So please, please do not cut this uh, off and keep remote access for public comment available. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hello, my name is Judy Gorski. I live in District 4, and uh, I'm also a senior, and uh, I'm speaking for myself and many neighbors, residents, and voters of San Francisco in my district who want and need to continue to be able to 
comment by phone and maybe even by video for government meetings. The option of calling in rather than having to come down to City Hall makes many people, makes it many people to share their input and perspectives, including disabled people, parents, working people, seniors, people who live far from City Hall and cannot afford to pay for parking or make the time-consuming trip on the limited public transportation available. For myself, the time needed to get to City Hall is two hours minimum without factoring in the duration of attending the meetings or hearings. So please do what is necessary to keep remote public comment accessible to your constituents. Thank you for considering this. Bye. Thank you. Can we get our next caller? Uh, hello, Supervisors. My name is Alan Burradell. And as I listen to some of these comments, um, I just, uh, you know, I find myself asking some questions. Um, there are so many ways to participate in the civic process. Uh, office hours uh, at coffee shops is something uh, Supervisor Mandelman uh, does regularly. We have email. We have phone calls into the supervisor office uh, all day long every day. And we have meetings with the supervisor in his office uh, if, we, if we'd like to do that. So when I hear comments about how this measure will sever access to civic engagement, uh, or I hear comments about people being forced to come in in order to uh, participate in the civic process, these are all just alarmist uh, and extreme. There are a number of ways we can participate. And if we think about this participation, just imagine if we were forced to uh, have only participation inside a chamber while the laws are being discussed. Well, then the limitation would be the size of the room the size of uh, the legislative chamber at City Hall. So in this example, though, the limitation is just sheer number of calls that are coming in. It, it's not manageable, and that is a threat to democracy. To have that kind of breakdown happen uh, is what's dangerous. So I am strongly in favor of reasonable accommodation here, even though I normally would be against something like this. I find this, uh, after a lot of thought, to be the way we need to go. And Supervisor Mandelman, I'm proud to call you my supervisor from District 8. Speaker time has Thank you very much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? Speaker. Can we have our next caller, please? Hello. Can we have our next caller, please? Uh, hello. Yes. Uh, just a minute. Hello. Sorry about that. Um, I'm a member of um, Senior and Disability Action, and I just wanted to comment that uh, Raphael Mandelman, when he was <clears throat> introducing this legislation, said the quiet part out loud. He never listens to what the people have to say. Nothing that anybody says changes his opinion. I think all citizens of San Francisco should hear that loud and clear. 
that this is an ableist city government. And if you are able-bodied and can get down to the chambers to make a comment, uh, you're okay. But uh, if you're disabled or for any other reason you can't get there physically, uh, they don't want to listen to you. So I hope his constituents heard him loud and clear that he doesn't listen to the people and will vote accordingly the next time he is up for re-election. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was our last public commenter on the telephone line. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment is now closed. Um, I would like to uh, express my appreciation to members of the public, uh, those who came today, as uh, well as those who called in. Um, you know, there's obviously a strong public interest in public participation. Um, I think an important part of this discussion that, to my mind, remains unresolved is how the Board of Supervisors' rule of, of order will be harmonized or not uh, with the role, rules of other commissions, boards, task forces and bodies that comprise the municipal government of the city and county of San Francisco. Um, at the end of the day, this uh, particular motion that we are considering only reflects the Board of Supervisors' rules, and I think precisely because of the public interest uh, in public participation in our local government, um, meaning this and the multitude of other bodies that were cited by callers today. Um, I'd like to see if we can take a little more time to harmonize this board's approach with other local government bodies. Um, a consistent theme from today's public comments is that people are invested in their democracy and not solely are part of it. Uh, there are about 130 Brown Act uh, bodies citywide that together comprise our local government. So I think it's worth taking a week or two to get all of us, hopefully, on the same page. Um, and I finally want to reiterate that in addition to the responsibilities we have to those we serve, um, we also here at the Board of Supervisors have responsibilities as employers. Um, you know, this is a decision that very much affects uh, the extraordinarily dedicated public sector workers uh, for whom it would be inappropriate to come and give public comment. But these are decisions that very much affect them and their families. Uh, not all of them are entitled to overtime, but they put in extra time for this. That's board aides, um, employees of the board's clerk's office. Um, it is also the staff at SFGovTV, it's sheriffs, it's deputy city attorneys, it's custodial staff, and many others. And the fact that they are not in a position to take part in public comment doesn't mean that we can ignore their concerns. Um, so I hope everyone who called in today will recognize that. I want to make sure that we uh, reach out to them and to their bargaining units because I want to make sure that they have a seat at the table too. Even if it's not as public as your comment, they're likely to have a stake in this and to want to make um, comment on it. So I would like to make a motion to continue this item to the call of the chair, um, understanding that we have to make a decision by February 27th um, I can assure everyone it'll be called back expeditiously, but I do want to make sure that we can have the opportunity um, to get all of the um, bodies, including the Board of Supervisors, on the same page, and then continue to hear uh, from the folks who have uh, a strong interest in this. Um, Chair Dorsey, uh, we had one person who joined our online waiting list for public comment. 
just as we were closing public comment, would you like to allow that one person uh, public comment? Sure. Mr. Lamb, if we can have that one person. Good afternoon, Supervisors. This is Beverly Upton from the San Francisco Domestic Violence Consortium. I just wanted to thank the Rules Committee for taking up this issue this afternoon, well, this morning and this afternoon. Um, remote public comment exemplifies San Francisco values, and remote public comment allows survivors of domestic violence and gun violence in San Francisco to have a voice at City Hall without risking their safety. With all due respect, I urge the committee to continue access and equity for San Francisco's most vulnerable. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Great. Thank you, Beverly Upton. Um, so there is, I'd like to just reiterate that I have a motion to continue the item to the call of the chair. Mr. Clerk, a roll yes, call. Yes, uh, I just want to confirm that you are not uh, taking any action on the proposed amendment at this time. Correct. Okay, uh, the motion is to continue the matter to the call of the chair. Uh, Supervisor Peskin. Peskin absent. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion to continue the matter to the call of chair is passed without objection with Supervisor Peskin being absent. Thank you, Mr. Ch uh, Clerk. Um, the motion is continued to the call of the chair and will be, uh, uh, Mr. Clerk, is there any further business before this committee? That completes the agenda for today. Thank you, everyone. We are now adjourned.